Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night, or Hockey Day, I should say, in New York. <laughs> Welcome to the program, everybody. It is Saturday, April 16th, 2022, coming at you live from the Blue Line Deli and Bagels in Huntington, Long Island. Welcome to the program, everybody. Thank you so much for getting up early with us. Tune in to twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. We have an all-star cast hanging out with us today. Mr. Michael Carver from ILC Podcast hanging out with us. Butch Goring will be joining us a little later in the show here live at Blue Line. And also Andrew Gross from Newsday calling in later. So all-star cast, big show coming up. Uh, obviously a little somber here in Islander country uh, as we learned of the passing of the Islander legend. Mike Bossy will be talking about that and all the latest in Islander country. Welcome to the program, Christian, Miguel. How you guys doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's nice to see Michael here. Yeah. Well, guest appearance. Hey, boys. What's going on, bud? Uh, doing good. Doing good. Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, beautiful morning out here on Long Island. Uh, so, yeah, a little <laughs> early start for you guys here on a Saturday. Yeah, right? yeah. A little different for us. Uh, not a lot of sleep, got to be honest, but we're going to power through this. We never get that anyway. So that's, <laughs> no. Okay. no. I just took a good shot at Christian. He was dozing off right before the show. <laughs> Saw that. Well done. <laughs> Well done. So once again, everybody, welcome to the program. I want to remind you all that we are happy to be presented by R.J. Daniels American Bar and Grill, located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. It's the best place to catch the aisles when you can't be at the game. Head on down for great food and drink specials, plenty of HDTVs, and in-game sound. Also happy to be sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located here at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Their brand-new location at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. And, of course, UBS Arena at Belmont. They're an official partner of the New York Islanders. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for all their great offerings. Also happy to be sponsored by Thai Technology, a voice over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optimum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-7800 for three free months of service. And of course, happy to be sponsored by Oyster Bay Brewing Company, creator of the Barn Rocker Session Ale, available at 12 locations at the island's brand new home in UBS Arena, and even more distributors across the country from coast to coast. You can visit the tap room at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay seven days a week to sample all their fantastic beverages. And of course, those of you tuning in live on Twitch, get your questions in for Questions Brewing, brought to you by Oyster Bay Brewing Company. So, gents, as I said at the top here, obviously... Uh, a sad time in Islander country, as we learned about the passing of Mike Bossy at the age of 65 yesterday. Uh, very unfortunate news, so we got to start there. Uh, let's just talk about uh, the loss of an Islander legend and uh, Hall of Famer. Yeah, I, I, it, it's a very unfortunate, unfortunate circumstances that uh, you know we start this Saturday Saturday show, and you know Mike Bossy obviously meant so much to this organization, to the fan base that that watched him. You know when he was out there for the Islanders, helping them win four straight Stanley Cups, and Obviously, there the last couple of weeks things have not not been great. Obviously, I think it was what was a week or two ago. There was some erroneous reporting about about Mike Bossy originally about possibly him passing away or what, whatever his his particular state was at that point. And uh, it's you know kind of a very unfortunate end for Mike Bossy. Obviously, like I said, he means so much to the organization. He means so much to the team. And for a guy that basically was around the Islanders for even for as long as he played for the Islanders, he was. It felt like he was around them more in the last two or three decades as 
you know, a spokesperson for the team or, you know, working for the team in ticket sales or, or just popping up and making appearances. He was always there. Um, you know, he was kind of the, one of those guys. Like, you look back at, at the guys that you, you always see at these Islander events that they bring back from those dynasty teams – you know, you think about it. It's Clark Gillies and Mike Bosser usually, and Bobby Nystrom are two of the three first names that you usually see, or two of the three first people you see there uh, for a lot of these events. And, and now to know that that not only Clark Gillies, you know, passing away earlier this year as well, um, losing Mike Bossy in the sad circumstances that that he he went as well is is, is kind of a tough pill to swallow, especially this year. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it's almost fitting that the Islanders went up to Montreal. Last night, uh, where he was born, yeah. and they got a win for him. Mikey, I mean... Eerie, what, really, when you think right? about it. Because uh, he's a god up in Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolute god up there. Uh, talking to a few people that I know uh, in the area yesterday, just saying how when they grow up... Every kid in Montreal, you know, it's my age or our age, you know, early 40s, late 30s, uh, grew up... Mont- Bossy was the guy. Right. Yeah. And that's it. Uh, here's the thing. We didn't get to see him play live, obviously. Uh, we've seen the highlights. We've heard the stories. But he was a legend on and off the ice. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Because we've gotten to talk to him a lot, you know, in the past couple of years, whether it was when I was doing the show with Butch and we'd have him come by and, and sit with us. Uh, Christian, he'd come by, you know, just talking to him yeah. after big events yep. uh, that the Islanders would have, all of those things. Uh, and that's where I really, you know, just had my interactions with him. Uh, tremendous man. Uh, and what a tough year for the Islanders, really, just all around with. Uh, Gillies and now Bossy, it's just brutal. Yeah, and Gene Potvin as well. It's just yes, unbelievable. Too. Yes, um, you know, just putting a, a damper on what was otherwise supposed to be a, a big year for the Islanders. Not only moving into the new building, obviously, but you had the high expectations of being Stanley yeah. Cup favorites. That's obviously not in the cards this year. So, just um, just a sad, sad um, time right now overall with the loss of Mike Bossy. Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 it is weird, I guess, in a way that all of this is occurring with. What's been going? You know, the Islanders organization finally has some stability, and um, you know something that a lot of these guys from those from those Stanley Cup winning teams um, have been have been wanting for years was that they wanted this team to have a permanent home and a uh, you know be a fixture in this community, and, and they were finally getting that, and and they it was lo- it was great that they were able to kind of see the fruits of the that labor bore out a little bit this year. You know, you had a lot of the alumni come back for that Islanders opening night at uh, UBS Arena back in November, and. You know, it's nice that they got to see that come to fruition at the very least when you're kind of trying to find a silver lining here. Been a very strange year for them. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. look, like you just go from October 1st yeah. to now. Right. Things on and off the ice. Uh, very, very, very bizarre. And um, look, you just, you, at this point, you kind of just want to get this season behind you and start looking ahead to next year. It's really the only, the only positive thing that's come out is the arena. Yeah. Is that that's open. Right. Other than that, I mean, it's been heartbreak on and off the ice. It's been very difficult. Yeah, playing out the string here with uh, under 10 days to go in the season. But speaking of on the ice, it was a, a moderately successful week for the Isles. They go 2-1. and one. They split the home and home with the Pens. They obviously get the win last night mm. in honor of Mike, Mike Bossy up in Montreal against the Habs. Interesting note, Semyon Varlamov, a late scratch with a non-COVID yeah, illness just I saw before that. the game. I saw that. And then they called uh, – who, who was the backup? I can't think of his name. It was someone that was playing uh, – Playing for Worcester, and they're like, <laughs> the message that we got, the media message that we got was something to the effect of, oh, it's Ken Appleby. He backed up last night. Um, and it was the effect of, well, he, he's Kenny the, A. They, uh, <laughs> Worcester, I guess, was playing nearby or something we like love that. love Kenny. He, it was were they very on the road again on the road against uh, the Marlies, or were they in, uh, where were they? In Toronto? I have, no, no, this was, he played uh, for, he was playing for the ECHL club, I think. Oh, so, uh, 
Yeah, he. So uh, they were playing somewhere near, somewhere in Quebec, and that's why he got the call up. Get on the bus. I, and I was they're like, get on the bus. On the short notice, he was yeah, the most available they, guy. I, there's a specific team or town, I guess, they were playing in, and I can't pronounce it, so I'm not going to try. <laughs> but okay. there was nearby in, in the Quebec region, and you so that's up, why. You got to brush up on your French-Canadian then, Christian, is what you're pretty much telling everybody. Uh, brush well, up on that. I did not take French in high school, so I uh, mm-hmm. took never tenth, mind. Tenth grade French for yeah, three years. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Did you retain anything? <laughs> no, I mean, it took the same. <laughs> not a word. Tenth grade French <laughs> in tenth, eleventh, and twelfth grade. Yeah. So I was in the same. Never advanced to the Fades, next class. Uh, in three years, I had that. to take the same class because I couldn't get out of it. So okay. tenth grade French you for three years. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, it's struggled, behind you now. Struggled slash didn't care. Okay. So, <laughs> that's fair. We appreciate your honesty here uh, on Hockey Night in New York. Mikey made it out of so, uh, tenth grade, I guess. So it was no big deal. Overall, we made it out of tenth grade, yeah. yeah. But the French class <laughs> carried. Uh, we didn't get through that. So. It's okay. You're yeah. here. You're they here. still let you it's graduate. Fine. Yes, they did. It's fine. All right, so as a result of that, <laughs> Ilya Sorokin ends up starting all three games this week. He gets the home-and-home home with the Pens, and then he plays yeah. back-to-back, and maybe you get a little concerned on how he might perform last night after that game against the Pens, but puts up 44 saves yeah. after – actually, 43 saves last night. He had a career-high 44 at UBS Arena for that shootout win against the Pens, but – I, I guess it's good to see Sorokin get get tested, so to speak, in a way that you know he's able to carry the load when Varlamov goes down. He gets to play all three games in the week. He gets to play back to backs, and he gets a shutout in the second end. So that's not bad. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, Ilya Sorokin has been one of the you know you talk about trying to find bright spots this season. Ilya Sorokin has been one of the few bright spots with this team uh, this year. Even in some of the worst performances the Islanders have, Ilya Sorokin has consistently been, and Islanders goaltending as a whole, you could you could make an argument say has consistently been the best aspect of their game. Sorokin Broken has really come along since you know we originally saw him last year. Um, you know, I think even in that point, he was still playing re- re- relatively impressively right out of the gate with the Islanders when they when they finally put him in last season. And obviously, saw we could do during the playoff run a little bit. And then and then this year, kind of being put in the position where right out of the gate, he has to be the number one guy. And you kind of all that talk of well, Semyon Varlamov's going to get this many games, and then so we'll see Sorokin start to get a little bit more. Kind of went right out the window, right? Because he, he basically had to be the guy for the first. Well, eight, nine games of the season, really? Yeah. Month of the season? And then you have him kind of playing that 1A, 1B role with, with like, like Thomas Grice did here in the past and, and you know, other goaltenders have in the past, and he's really thrived. It's been, it's been great to see. And, and for the Islanders, that's a huge thing to, to also see considering their history with goaltenders. Yeah. Their, their history with goaltenders is like Jets' history with quarterbacks. It's been terrible the last uh, couple of years. Yeah, it's definitely the biggest thing that you want to take – out of this season is that there was look you saw flashes last year in the shortened season yeah. you saw that this guy could be really good he's still a kid etc and he's carried the load this year and he's made you feel comfortable that going forward it's a position that you're not going to have to worry about well, it's taken care of now it, 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 it yeah. really is and and here's the, the the cherry on top we spent so much time talking about this guy as a mythical figure, the white whale, as we like to say. Indeed. And we had no idea. Did you know idea. they have a sandwich here named the white whale? I, I heard did about you know that? that. I have to try that. We're going to get Donnie. We're going to finally try the white so whale today. Did, did Donnie give you any credit for that? I mean, did he give you credit for naming the name of the sandwich? I, I don't know. We have to talk to Don. We'll have to talk to Donnie. I don't. I, but look, well, we'll, off camera, you can't see it, but Mike's attorneys are also here, well, waiting yes, in the, the The papers are yes. ready. Uh, They're out in the car. We have the some lot. legal documents that we're going to hand out. Uh, no, but. 
We've been the the talk of him because you know, he's playing over in that garage league over there. You had you had no idea if he was good, actually good or not. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I would call it a garage. I would. League. I mean, I second, would. third best league in the world. I'd call it that. So he comes over <laughs> here, and he has now shown you that he's the goods over a long stretch, not just a couple games, not just a short season, or being a kind of a one B backup mm-hmm. to Varlamov like he was last year. I mean, the first round against the Penguins last year shows you. And then carrying the ball all year yeah. like he has here now makes it boom stamp it he's good to go he's your guy yeah for sure and and with that in mind and we we discussed this earlier on in the season uh, around the trade deadline and you know with the performances Sorokin's had with the way that he's broken out now obviously they kept Varlamov at the trade deadline do you think that that's something they might revisit when you get to the summer um, where they might be willing to deal him or do you think? The plan still remains to have them both together because Varlamov is still kind of a, a good buddy of Sorokin's. He's obviously kind of taken him under his wing. You think they keep that tandem together and maybe they look to unload a salary well, look, in the summer? There's always a salary cap situation yeah. that has to be worked out. And if there's a player available that you need to clear space for, what's the most logical spot now that you can look to to clear it? So it's, right. one, it's one of those areas where you can take a $5 million and just kind of move it out if you can. Hey, listen, uh, they got Ken know. Appleby and Corey Schneider waiting in the way. Well, that's, that's Christian's guy, <laughs> Appleby. Kenny A. So. Kenny A. I don't think anybody calls him that. <laughs> we do now. We yeah. do now here at Hockey Night in New York. We do. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, they do have a little more cap space going, going into the summer now, so it may not be a, a move that they need to make. There are some other potential salaries, maybe to the chagrin of some fans out there. But, yeah, Josh Bailey on a, a little more of an expensive contract, yeah. maybe around 5 mil. I mean, maybe he's a guy you look at. I don't know what you're going to get for him, but if you have to clear out salary, if you're adding other guys, maybe it's him. But it is either way. You're either going into next season with a with one of the top tandems in the league now with Sorokin and Varlamov, or you know hopefully they can have some magic like they have with Thomas Grice backing up and, and whatnot, where you have the one A one B situation. So it's it's a good problem to have seeing Sorokin really break out the way he has. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's again you talk about you look back at the Islanders' development or their luck with goaltenders in the last couple of years and or last couple decades i should say and you know it's been a little bit rough it's it's nice to see it finally paying off and, and panning out a bit and and you know the one thing mikey just said a couple minutes ago was that everyone keeps calling sorokin a kid but when you think about it <laughs> right. he's like he's, he's a 20 not he's not he's, yeah. not. he's, he's, he's 26 he, he, he now played so long over yeah. there and yeah. he just comes over here and you think of him as right that. well he also really kind of has that baby face and yeah, like yeah it's yeah, a very yeah, deceiving yeah. like you thin and lanky <laughs> oh, thank like you. you. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> always and forever. I'm, I'm taking that as a compliment. You guys are not not gonna let that not gonna let that get to me today. You're you're gonna be 60, and Brian Compton's still gonna be Dude, talking about juice boxes. We talk about this kid. all the time. I'm yeah. gonna turn 30 this year. I'm pretty sure Brian Compton's gonna make all those jokes all the time. Still, yeah, big 3-0 for you. Yeah, how does that feel? Like I'm getting old, John. Like wow, I'm getting old. you're almost old enough to drink. I don't want to hear it. Dude. <laughs> I don't, don't want to hear it at all. <laughs> 3-0. I don't want to hear it. How about that? Well, another happening on the ice as far as roster goes. You have Kiefer Bellows finally getting into some games. He comes in for Oliver Walsh in the last two. Gets a secondary assist on Parise's goal last night. Mikey C., I'm going to start with you here. Does this guy still have a future with the New York Islanders? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Care to expand? No, I just I, I think <laughs> no. that he does. No. I think that he does. I just I don't like who gets moved in and who gets moved out, obviously, especially when we're at a point of the year where, like you said, uh, playing out the string. Uh, as they like to say, yeah. That if you're playing out the string, then there's probably other guys that can come out of the lineup, uh, as opposed to maybe say an Oliver Wallstrom, etc. I think yeah. that there's other ways to uh, take a look at guys, uh, make let them play the last eight, nine, ten games of the year without, uh, you know, doing that. And with that in mind, Christian, I'll pitch this to you. 
Uh, is there a little frustration maybe coming out of Islander country? They've been wanting to see Oliver Walsham be in games, and now they take him out for Bellows when they're playing out the string, like right. like Mikey says. I mean, would it make more sense to have them both in and just see what they both can do? Or maybe that's, you know, it's going to come at the expense of a veteran, and that's not something Barry Trotz isn't willing to do. Yeah, I, I mean, it's obviously going to be frustrating to the, to the fans who've been clamoring to see Wallstrom and... Clamoring. Well, they have. Listen, they were clamoring to see him play on the top line. They, you know, they finally saw that in the last couple of weeks or so, and they, they want him out there. It's a mixed the results. Yeah, yeah, it's a mixed results, but you want to see it at this point. And, and like we've talked about before, um, you know, this is the point in time when you can kind of do that because these games don't matter. Like, you, this is the time where you can mix and match, and guys are got guys got to compete for jobs next year. And, you know, if I'm Barry Trotz, too, these veterans that have, that have you know, finally decided to turn it on in the second half of the season late when nothing, when it doesn't matter anymore, um, you know, there kind of needs to be a little bit kick of a kick in the butt there as well. Um, you know, everybody's got to play for jobs at this point. And, um, I think a guy like Wallstrom needs to be out there at the very at the very least just because he's the guy that you're kind of pinning a lot of your hopes on to be kind of that, that future of the organization a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and you know, it's, it's funny seeing the fan base, fan base out there kind of getting a little frustrated with Barry Trotz and, you know, with the way he's used these young guys. And obviously it's, it's, it's been pretty well documented now since he's taken over the team that he likes to take his time with the young guys. But, you know, to the flip side of that, he rewards the young guys when they perform. Look at Noah Dobson. He was drafted the same year as Oliver Wallstrom. If yeah. he wasn't ready, he'd be doing the same thing. But obviously, he's broken out this year. He's got 42 points now in the season. Might be the first 45-point guy since Nick Letty back in 2017. So wow. that's, uh, that's pretty big time for him in, in a breakout year where he really didn't start putting points up until the end of January. So, Mikey, why don't you... Uh, Second biggest development for the Islanders right? this year on the ice mm. after Sorokin is the yeah. Dobson maturation and making him uh you, you know that he's going to be a part so solid a top four defenseman yeah. in the future i think that's the second biggest thing after soroka this year that's been accomplished yeah no i i 100 agree there uh you know that was something that when it came defensively too, the islanders you, ha you had ryan pulak and adam pellick established now as your one and two when noah dobson was that next big big piece back there on the blue line and it, it started a little shaky this year you, you saw bits and pieces where you go, oh boy, this could this could go either way. And then I think what was it, maybe after I'll say December, January, you really started to kind of see him get into his kind of get into where he's he started to feel more comfortable. Um, and a lot of those little mistakes that I think he was making earlier in the year, they've kind of gone away for the most part. And you kind of saw him smooth out his game a bit more and become a lot more comfortable on the ice. But I think Shawnee, someone who have have great insight to this would be our, our guest coming up here after the break, Butch Goring, who's waiting in the wings along with uh, with Mikey's lawyers. Yes, the man is in the house. Can't wait to have Butchie on the show. Fantastic that he came down. Looking forward to that. Um, keep to, to keep the train rolling here a little bit, Zach Parisi hits 15 goals. He gets a power play goal and a shorthanded goal for the first time in the same game Tuesday against the Pens at UBS Arena. Uh, he has four goals in the last three games. The guy finally came on in the second half of the season. Mikey... I mean, it's funny. He, he joked about being a second-half player back when he was struggling, and here he is being a second-half player. Do you like the fact that they extend him for a year? Do you think that he's going to be a guy that can help going into next season? If he plays like he did in the second half, <laughs> sure, why Fair. not? Fair, yeah. Uh, look, uh, better late than never. I guess you wanted to see some kind of shades. You wanted to see some things go. So I think it's good that you've seen this happen yeah. uh, because in the first half it looked like a really bad decision. And now you're starting. Now, great, now look, look. If you if he plays like this, he has in the second half. He could be a useful piece next year for what they're trying to do, which is clearly pretty much bring the same group back together in a in a better situation. 
maybe add a piece or two I mean, here. They or need there. to add a piece or two. Well, yeah. that's what. Listen, yeah. Christian, you, from the outside, you look at you, that's kind of the look at what they're trying to do here. Is what they're trying to keep the same group and maybe sprinkle an ad here or there. I don't know if I agree with it or not, but that's what it looks like they're trying to do. Interesting. <laughs> I, I'm fine with that. I think that's the way to go. Keep the majority of this group together. I mean, look, I think there's two glaring Sean's positions. these days. Sure. I think there's two glaring positions that we've talked about ad nauseum almost in the show yeah. at this point, where, look, you need a top six, wing, six winger, mm-hmm. probably a left winger been, for, for Matt Barzell. We've been, we've been doing that since we were 15. <laughs> well, that's uh, actually we've been true. talking about that Yeah, player. you got to get a winger for yeah. Yashin. you, you know, got to get a winger for Barzell. you got to get a winger for Tavares. for a long time. No, it's true. Who was that last uh, never mind. <laughs> but no, you're right. It, it seems to be something that that they that's been elusive. Maybe maybe the uh, need a winger for Smolinski. The the, rema- <laughs> the, re- the the remaining white whale is is that winger for the top line. Yeah. So maybe that's something they could do. And obviously they need a top four D. They need a left defenseman to pair up with that Noah Dobson because look. As much as people may love or hate Andy Green and, and Zdeno Chara, that's not going to cut it if they're shouldn't, lining up next to him next year. Right now. At all, shouldn't be playing at all. Okay. Which one? So. Both of them. Oh. I don't care. <laughs> so you're ready you to cut the court. I don't care who you have down there. Yeah. You need to see what they have. Now is the time. When you come into next year, you don't have time to do that. You need yeah. to start working on getting points and making playoffs again. Now is when you play guys that you want to take a look at at Bridgeport. Not guys like that. Yeah. Those guys should be playing. I'm with right Mike now. 100% there. It's 100%. hard to disagree. It's hard to disagree. As, as, as good a careers as those guys had, I mean, we're seeing how they're aging out, and we're seeing how it's, it's cost this team some points this season. And these are guys that they have to move, move on from. I think if you see them. You know, in the top six next year, Lou Lamarillo obviously did not uh, have it. get the job done over the summer. But that's something we'll talk about as we hit the summer. But right now, we are going to break. We want to thank you guys so much for tuning in live at twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. And, of course, everybody hanging out here at Blue Line Deli and Bagels in Huntington. We're going to take that break. When we come back, Islanders legend Butch Goring will be joining us. It's a new Islander season, and you've got a great spot to catch all the action. R.J. Daniels American Barn Grill in Rockville Center. Inside the bar or the heated outdoor patio, you won't miss any of the excitement on their wall-to-wall big-screen TVs and in-game sound. Enjoy it all with delicious food, drinks, and plenty of specials in a lively atmosphere staffed by the friendliest folks around. R.J. Daniels is in the heart of Rockville Center at 279A Sunrise Highway, just steps from the train station. So come on down. Watch the boys in blue and orange continue their quest for Lord Stanley with your fellow Islander diehards. And when the game's not on, stop by for a great meal and a great time seven days a week. Hang for the late night bar scene or book a party or catering for any occasion. Call 516-536-6258 to make reservations and go to rjdaniels.com to check out the menu. R.J. Daniels American Bar and Grill. Your home for New York Islanders hockey. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another 
another country, you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account. So Islander fans, if your business is looking for a change from companies like Spectrum, Verizon, or Optimum, Thai Technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages. Just call 516-856-7800. That's 516-856-7800. Or visit them on the web at thaitechnology.com. That's Thai, T-I-E, technology.com. Thai Technology, the right choice for your internet phone service. Did you have a nice break? Well, it's time to get back on the couch for more Islanders therapy with Shawnee and C. Arnold on Hockey Night in New York. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening and watching Hockey Night in New York. I want to thank you all for tuning in at this early time on Saturday morning. And just about to sit down with us right now is the legend, Mr. Butch Goring. Just going to get him set up here once he sits down. We'll get we'll get going. Yes, he's actually on loan to us today from uh, MSG Networks. <laughs> Butch, thank you so much for coming down today. Really appreciate it. How are you? Uh well, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, really, to t- tell you the truth. It's, uh, you know, we all went through a very tough time yesterday with uh, losing Mike Bossy and, and uh, everybody was trying to recover, but uh, uh, Boss did a great job in net last night, didn't he? Because he, oh he was in net with Sorokin. There's no doubt in my mind. He, he, he was there, and, uh, and, and what a big win for the Islanders, and what a way to salute, uh, you know, the, uh, the life and the, the career of, uh, of Boss. Yeah, just amazing, and how fitting that they, they ended up playing up in Montreal last <laughs> night, getting the win. I mean, it's almost like it was written written in the stars there. But, I mean, obviously, it's a sad time for Islander country. Um, you know, we appreciate you still coming out, you know, despite the you know the loss. We were, we're very sorry for your loss. But maybe um, just to start it off here, you can kind of reflect on your relationship with Mike and, and um, you know, just playing with him through those amazing years with the dynasty. Well, you, you know, when, you're, uh, when I first joined the Islanders – you don't really know all the players. You've played against them. And, and I was fortunate enough to be able to sit right beside Mike Bossy. And, of course, he was on my right side, which was very, very appropriate. And and then, really, for the next four and a half or whatever time it was uh, we, we spent together, uh, we talked a lot. And, and I got to know a lot a lot about Mike. And, you know, it's been pretty much documented that Mike was, uh, was uh, first and foremost, a family man, spent a lot of time uh, with, with his family. And, and, and that's the right thing. And we, we all did. But, but Mike... Uh, that was his priority, and but when he came to the rink, uh, his priority was was hockey, and and he wasn't a jokester. Uh, I mean, he would have a laugh, but he was all business. I mean, he was there to do exactly what he does so often, and that was score goals. So he, he always prepared himself in the uh, uh, in the dressing room, or whether it was practice or whether it was a game. It, it was always the same thing with Mike. He was uh, always ready to go, and and uh, there was no fooling around. You better be ready to practice against him, otherwise. <laughs> He's going he's gonna to make you look foolish, and, and he certainly uh, made it very, very difficult on the, on the goaltenders during practice and uh, obviously the opposition goaltenders. So uh, a really polite individual. Um, Mike uh, never had bad things to say about anybody, and, and he uh, basically, I mean, um, you know, him and Brian Trache, uh, great chemistry, as we all know, and we're the best of friends, and, and that's almost like how it has to be. If you want to have a... A great relationship and, and a lot of success uh, on the line. It's uh, it's it's the one guy or maybe two guys, and, and you have to become almost best friends. And they were they they roomed together, they went out to dinner together, and they were you know almost inseparable. 
Um, and uh, I, I can remember times in my life that I had my wingers and it became much the same thing. And, and it's just the way, uh, it's, just, it's just that inner feeling that you have for, for each other and it's just the drive between the two of them was a special thing. Butch, when you think back to that time playing with, with, my, with Bossy and, and kind of being around him as much, what was that experience like for you and the development of how your game kind of established itself over, the, over your career as an Islander? Well, every time I, I came to practice and every time I came to a game, I was hoping that Al would put me with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Because, <laughs> I hope uh, that too. Y- you know, when when you play with a guy that that, that that's that good and, and so efficient around the net, and I did play a few games with him. Brian was uh, was either injured or for, for some reason or other. I did play a few games with him, and and when you give that guy a pass in a high scoring area, you, you got an assist. I mean, it was just it was marvelous. It's the way he could he, he could finish. So. Uh, ju- just to be around, and, and as I said, you know, when I was with the Kings and, and, and watched uh, Boss play a couple of times, uh, you know, you could see that uh, the, the guy had talent. But until you get to watch him on a daily basis, and, and, and again, to, to watch the, the, the dedication he has to the game and, and the, you know, the willingness to, to go to the front of the net is, uh, and, and take the beatings, and, and because that desire to score was worth anything that could possibly happen to him. Um, so it was good, and it, and it was uh, it was fun to watch him grow as a hockey player. Uh, you know, I think his reputation is when he first came into the league was he's a goal scorer, right? right? He he did it in junior hockey, and then he and did it when he got to the National Hockey League, fifty three goals in his rookie season. So he established himself as a, as a goal scorer. But questions were, could he play the complete game? Right. And and I've talked to him a number of times about that, and and that's all he ever talked about is that. I can check, I can pass, I can skate, I can play in my own zone, I can kill penalties. And uh, I didn't let him do that too often. <laughs> that was kind of my territory. I was like, no, I, I don't think you should do that, Mike. But uh, he was always wanting to get better and better, and he did. The one thing I think that is really cool is that you, you had that time and saw him in practice every day and, and saw what just what a special player he was. But for you, when you think of Mike Bossy, what – is the one particular thing that I think stands out that made him so special that seeing him practice every day and playing with him all the time, you know, people who watch the game or people who cover the game, they don't see that. What is that one little thing that made him so unique and special out there? Well, I, 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 think, I think a couple of things. One is that, and, you know, Mike's been asked a, a, an awful lot of times about, you know, when he's in a crowd or when, when something's happening, do you have time to to look, do you know where you're shooting or you do you just shoot it? And his answer was always, no, I just shoot it. <laughs> and I, I fully believe that's crock. That, that, that's there's <laughs> no truth to that at all. I, I believe that he knew exactly where he was shooting. He had certainly studied goaltending tendencies. And, and uh, he knew where that, you know, you've heard me say the net never moves. Right. So he, he, no. he knew where that was. And, and, uh, and so I believe in, in, in a crowd uh, when he had uh, no time to really look, I, I I believe that it, it was not guesswork on him. He did, just didn't fire because he didn't hit the goalie in the middle very often, right. did he? And then the other thing is that really impressed me about Mike is that just his willingness to, you know, to go to that hard area. And uh, games in the, in, the, in the 80s in particular, they were still really difficult. There was high sticks, there was spearing, and there was all kinds of hacking and whacking. And, and as I said, um, you know, Mike was willing to, to take the beatings to score a goal because for him... It was the ultimate test right. for him, and and he knew when he could score, he was helping his team. 
Butchie, it's great to see you, Good my to man. See you again, Mike. <laughs> I haven't in a while. Yeah. So I was doing my show last night on Sirius with you know guys who don't know hockey as well as we know hockey, and I'm talking. You know, he's the possibly the greatest pure goal scorer. It's like you were saying before. He wanted to do everything. He could do everything. He's a goal scorer, maybe the purest of all time in the game. So they start throwing in. But Gretzky has the most goals. Gretzky was a playmate, the greatest playmaker, greatest player of all time. Pure goal scorer. Bossy. Ovi. I think Mario actually should be in there as well. And maybe Yager. Even though Gretzky's got the most goals, Bossy was a better pure goal scorer than Gretzky. Let's just be, let's just be serious. Yeah, I, well, I, you know, I, I, uh, you know when, when, they re, when I was fortunate enough to have my number retired, I, I talked about Bossy was there, and I was really thankful that he, he was there. That was important for me. And, and I made the statement, and, and, and no disrespect to Barry Trotz, who spent time with uh, Ovechkin, that Mike Bossy is and maybe will always be the, the greatest goal scorer in the no world, question. the purest guy. And, and, and when you look at, at what he accomplished, I mean, they're talking about OV now scoring, fifth, getting to his 50th goal, and he's going to be the third player that ever scored 50 goals uh, you know, nine, in nine different seasons. That word different. Yeah. Means a lot. Not in Boss, a row. Bossy did it. <laughs> right. Bossy did it in a, in a in a row, and he did it right from his rookie year. So th- that tells me, you know, that that's something special. And I don't know if that'll ever happen again. I mean, records are always made to be broken, and the way he scored goals, if he's healthy, guy, he he, he does it every year of his life. I mean, there's just no doubt in my mind. And people always say, well, could guys from the seventies, the eighties play today? Well, the great players can because they can adapt. I mean, they understand what the game's all about, and they'll change their game. When we played in the 70s, we played a particular style, and, and that's the way you had to play. They play a different style in today's game. Are they better than us? No, I don't think they're better than us, and, and, and we're not better than them. It's a different game today. Mike Bossy is a goal scorer. He, you know, he, he could play any sport. And if it, he, I imagine he'd be great at darts because he could certainly <laughs> hit the targets. Now, Butch, you mentioned your jersey retirement. Maybe we can just go back to that day, and, and you can talk about what that meant for you and, and just how special that was, getting your number raised up to the rafters. So could you tell us a little bit about that experience for you? Yeah, well, you know, one of the greatest days of my life. I mean, when when you look up there in the toy department and, and you and you and <laughs> way you, up, there. yeah, and you, I mean, you see the numbers that are up there. Yeah. I mean, you know, those guys are all Hall of Famers, you know, and and to be put amongst those guys is really something special. I mean, uh, that that's a special privilege, and 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 I was totally blown away and honored by it with you know being sort of in the same group right. as those guys, and uh, you know, you you. You don't play hockey to uh, to have your jersey retired. I mean, I, that, right. I didn't start my career as an NHLer and, and, and think about, oh, geez, I hope I can get my number retired or my jersey retired. Those things just, they just happen. They're, they're like, I guess, the icing on the cake, really, for lack of a better term. And uh, it, it was just a, you know, a, a, a wonderful, wonderful day. It was great uh, a week early to see John Tonelli's uh, number in Jersey retired, or not his number, obviously, because Anders Lee does it, does it justice. Right. Um, but, you know, uh, we had such a special group of guys back in the 80s, and, and you know, I joined them a little later than, than a lot of them were there, and, you know, they had the hardship and the learning curve in 78 and 79, um, but there was a lot of special players there, and, and uh, I, I'm not saying everybody should have their number or jersey retired, but you know what? We, we don't win four cups in a row with everybody not contributing along the way. And uh, so it's, uh, to be honored like that was, uh, was really, really special. 
Talking with Butch Goring, the Islanders analyst for MSG Network. Everyone's so used to seeing you. And I know that when Sean and I announced that you were coming on with us this week, there are a lot of people that reached out and miss you on the broadcast. What is <laughs> yeah. what has that been like? Um, kind of your transition from you know player to coach to broadcaster, and, and kind of creating a new generation of, of Butch Goring fan that that know you uh, from all the all the TV appearances. It's, now. Uh, well, I, first and foremost, I, I've been uh, so fortunate, you know, to be able to uh, to, to have a job in, in something I love. Yeah. I mean, uh, not many people can can say that, and you know, it's really, you know, started as a professional way back in 1969, and, and I've been in hockey, and, and and it's been my my passion, but it's also been my job um, for how many years now? You know, a whole, a whole lot of years. So. Yeah. I, I, you know what? When I when I was playing hockey, uh, I, I had thought about being a coach. That was always on my mind, and, and um, that opportunity came. But I never thought being a broadcaster. I, I it ne- that never crossed my mind. And, and then I had an opportunity um, back a number of years now to to do a, a pregame with uh, I believe it was the Buffalo Sabres Islanders when they were in a playoff series. Ricky DiPietro was in net. I remember that. <laughs> and so I had an opportunity. I was asked to do that, and. Uh, so well, why not? You know why not? And and uh, I had no experience with that. Uh, you know, I, actually, I was actually fairly shy in high school, where you know I really didn't public speak. I it, the thought of talking in front of ten thousand people or, or or you know my peers and a hundred thousand kids was you know beyond. That wasn't going to happen. And uh, as a matter of fact, so I get ready to do the the show and we do a rehearsal. Mike Crispy is is the um, is the host with me. And uh, so the producers in my ear said, okay, ready, go, and we're going to start producing. And I, I was so out of whack. I mean, <laughs> and, 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 and the producer was like, are you okay? <laughs> are you okay? You know, and, uh, I, but, but I said, yeah, I'm fine. And, and uh, hey, uh, I, I got through it, and, and, and I'm not saying I, I should have won an Emmy for it because that, that would have been a, a pretty stretch. But, um, you know, as time went on and, and I had the opportunity, and, and uh, as you guys all remember, with Hockey Night Live was really a big, a big boost for me because that gave me the opportunity to uh, get in front of a camera with uh, uh, Dave Maloney and, and Kenny yeah. Danico and L.L. Troutwood was the host. And, and that was a great show, and that really allowed me to kind of relax a little bit, get used to being in front of a camera and, and, and doing all the things you need to do. So uh, I, I love it now. I mean, I, I really have a lot of fun with it. And... Uh, I, I miss the guys because of COVID for the last two years. Yeah. Um, yeah. To be able to sit down with the guys and joke with them and ask them questions that uh, I know that sometimes I'm the only one that can get the answer <laughs> because they trust me enough to know that I'm not going to blow them up. So it's uh, it's really something uh, I enjoy and I and I miss miss not being able to do the uh, do the games right now. But I feel pretty comfortable in, in saying I, I'm going to be back on Tuesday and and uh, nice. so right. for me that, that that's important. Finish out the season yeah. strong, Butch. Yeah. That's what you got to do. You get back to, in there and finish it strong. And I'm make sure you whip. add to the ledger all that stuff. Doing those shows in the basement of the Paramount with me. Yeah, you got to put exactly those right. on the list as well uh, there back in the day. Yeah, yeah, those were great <laughs> those, times, too. Those were fun times. <laughs> yeah. And how about this year? Now doing the broadcast in a brand-new arena, a brand-new sight line. I mean, Coliseum for so long. I mean, it's been kind of the one big thing this year. We know it's been a disappointing year on the ice and in some instances off the ice, too. But being in the new arena now, 
I mean, it's just as fantastic as everybody imagined it was going it, to be. It really is, you know, and, and uh, hats off to the uh, Islander organization, Scott Malkin and John Ledecky, for doing all the homework they needed to do and, and to make sure that that, that building is, is the best in, in, in the world. I mean, it is so special, and I know the, the fans love it, and, and uh, certainly Brendan and I, are, uh, we love it. I mean, our, our perch is, is so good. We're just uh, at the first level, and so we can see everything that goes on. And not that that doesn't mean we miss things every once in a while, <laughs> but uh, it, it's it's really it's really a wonderful facility. I know the players are thrilled with it, and you're right. I mean, the Coliseum was a special place, a lot of history there. Uh, but the UBS is uh, just a, a wonderful, wonderful building. Oh, no doubt about it. And Butch, to to bring it to the ice, obviously this team's season hasn't gone as everybody hoped as everybody expected a little bit disappointing uh they have a you know maybe like eight games to play out the string here do you think maybe you know you're heading into the summer i mean are they that far off you look at what happened at the beginning of the year they had the covid issues they had obviously the long road trip is this a team that was once pegged to be a stanley cup contender this year do you think they're that far away just a little retool this summer for next year no i, I really you know in, in watching them closely the first half was really really tough to you know to deal with and, yeah. and you know and we're spectators you can imagine what was going on in that dressing room sandbag. with the coaching staff <laughs> they got sandbagged the yeah. first two months well, butch. boy oh boy okay. <laughs> Had I, had I known, right, we could have made a lot of money betting against them. Right? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I mean, 13 game road trips, half the team going out with COVID. Yeah, I mean, they it, got sandbagged the first it, two, it, three. It months. was really, a, you know, a, a tough scenario. Certainly, you know, when you look at the road trip, I, I don't think the road trip played as big a deal as a lot of people do because they started off really well, you know. And um, so they were okay. And if they could have got. You know, through that and, and felt good about that, I think it would have been okay. Uh, there's no doubt that the COVID really wrecked. Uh, you know, I I, th- I think that's the turning point of the season for me is when they, you know, played a half a dozen games with uh, you know half their hockey team and and they didn't the way they go eight games without a win or something, and and that was the stretch that really not only did it hurt them in the standings and you know now all of a sudden you're minus eight instead of you know maybe maybe you're plus four or what have you. Um, just mentally, that, that was tough. I mean, uh, you know, the one thing you don't want to do is stumble out of the gate because now it's 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 now you're chasing the game the, the entire season. There's a lot more pressure on you now, and and you're trying to win hockey games, and every game becomes that much more important. Where if you're bust out of the gate and you're eight zero and two or something, well, you've got some room. You can actually have a bad game, and and you just sort of shake it off. So. Um, so they, they they really had a tough go with uh, with 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 all of that and and uh, when they had the opportunity to kind of get a go they they you know they still couldn't click and now, now we're seeing you know what Parise is all about we're seeing what Palmieri's all about and Pajot and, and 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 Anders Lee I mean and certainly Brock Nelson has had a wonderful year but but everybody seems to have been able to seems to be able to find their game over these last thirty games and. That gives me hope that, that, that this is this is the real deal that they were able to kind of whatever was going through them for those first forty to fifty games they, they've got over over that hump and I think that that brings a lot of pride into that dressing room but I think it brings a lot more confidence. Butch, that's a, a great segue to my next question. I mean, in a season like this, you look for bright spots, right? And you know, you mentioned Brock Nelson, the season he's having before you came on. We were talking about Noah Dobson, Ilya Sorokin. Were there any bright spots for you this season that maybe the Islanders can look at players on the ice that gives them a little more hope and confidence for next season? Well, well, I, you know, you mentioned them. I mean, certainly, uh, you know, I I think it was important for Noah Dobson to take that that next step. I mean. Uh, uh, as soon as you hear the word first-round pick, you know, everybody gets all excited, like right. every, every, everybody's going to be Bobby Orr or right. everybody's going to be Sidney <laughs> Crosby, that, that type of thing. 
And and the steps that he's taken this year is, I think, is really encouraging. That uh, this guy's something special. You know, uh, what's his highest level? What is he going to be? I, I don't know because I, I don't want to put a ceiling on him. I want him to keep going like he's been been going, and it's it's been terrific. And 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 I think when you, I always believe this is that you you need a stud back there. You need someone who can. Can dominate at different times. You see it around the league. The the All Star defensemen. You see Makar out, and 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 you see Ekblad, and and, and go, the list goes. Uh, Latang and Pittsburgh. The list goes on and on. Adam Fox. You know, all all the teams that are really successful have have a stud back there, and I, and I think the Islanders now looking at Noah Dobson. I think they're going to have that guy. I mean, when you know we were winning Stanley Cups, uh, we had a stud back there. We had a great defense. <laughs> Dennis Potvin was was a flat out stud. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer and 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 you need that guy back in the defensive zone that can take charge and 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 to me, that's where Noah Dobson is headed. But someone asked us the other week, I think it was last week's show actually, about kind of the mentality when when they're having a season like this and um, you know, playing the role of spoiler. You know, the Islanders kind of had that opportunity on Tuesday when they beat the Penguins. Obviously, the Penguins get the win on Thursday. But what is sort of, as someone who's played, and, and you know, what is sort of the mentality when you're having a season like this? Do you, is, do you enjoy playing spoiler? Is that sort of you just got to grab onto something to kind of finish out? You know, how do you look at, as a player, how do you look at something like that? You don't like playing spoiler. <laughs> no, no, because that... that that means you're out of it, right. you know, and I, I don't. I don't like to hear that word. Well, at least you can be spoiler. The heck with that nonsense. Right. You know, you're 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 a professional, and 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 you're passionate about your game. And all those guys in the Islander dressing room, they're passionate about hockey in general. Mm-hmm. So when they come to the rink, they, they, they want to play. You know, that 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 that's why they're there. They yeah. want to play, and they want to win. They don't care about the standings anymore. I mean, yeah, if if the standings you. You know, you might look at it if it was important. Right. But generally speaking, you, you, you come to the rink and, and you want to win. I mean, I, I know when I left the rink, if, if the team didn't win, I was upset. You know, who wants, who, who wants to lose hockey games? Who wants to lose at anything, really, right. when you think about it? So these guys are, there, are, are the same way. So they don't want to be called spoilers. They don't really care one iota about Pittsburgh or Flyers or whoever it may be. They, they just want to go there. And when they leave the rink, they want a W, bottom line. No, that's it. Uh, and it's going to be tough not having them this year because the team is built for the playoffs, but we've seen it the last two years. This team is built to get into that seven-game series structure and beat teams. Unfortunately, next year they're going to have to wait for that. I thought it was interesting last night that after the game, both Barzell and Barry made a point to kind of pump up Sorokin for the Vesna. Like, you don't, you, you don't see it too often, but he, he does deserve to be in that conversation because, well, the guy on the other side of town, the Rangers are winning, so he's getting pumped up for it. But I don't think that they're far off. He probably should get a little bit more consideration than people are giving him. Yeah, and, and you know what the bottom line is? They're not going to be in the playoffs. And, then and, and gonna, that's what it comes and, to. Yeah, and then, you know, we can have But a that's not year. an MVP award, Butch. No, the I know it's not. should be the best goal. To, you know, that, that, that's I, not I, an MVP award. I, I, and I don't disagree with you in any way, yeah. shape, or form, but, when, you know, when if your goaltender's having an outstanding year, aren't you supposed to win hockey games? Yeah. Isn't he supposed to be a difference maker? <laughs> Sandbag. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I, you know what? Sorokin, uh, Sorokin has had an outstanding year. I mean, look at the, uh, what is it, seven shutouts now and, and his goal against I think he's in top three in a bunch of different uh, stats uh, I'm not a stats guy or analytic guy um, so yeah he, he, yeah he, he should be he should be mentioned but there you know there, there are goalies that have had outstanding uh, seasons also so uh, if we were if the Isles were in the fir- in the playoffs I think he'd get a real serious look uh, but uh, I don't disagree at all and I, and I think the fans who have been rumblings about that uh, uh, 
they have every right to, and, and it, it, it's fair. And Butch, the, the last one I'll leave you with here, you talk about stars on this team, and, and the one that gets a lot of attention now is obviously Matt Barzell. Uh, how has he developed with this team, and, and does he have that, that star power to lead a first line and, and maybe hit another gear here to lead this team towards a, a deep playoff run again? He has to. Yeah. I mean, they again, you know, you go back to a talk about having a, a stud on D. You got to have a guy that's uh, that's a stud on, on the on the front line, and and uh, you know Brock Nelson has certainly had a had a great season thus far, and and maybe he'll get to forty goals. I, I'm not sure, but Barzell ha- has that capability to have that hundred point season, and and that for me is where he has to go, and and he's had moments where he is spectacular, and then he's had other moments where he he's hasn't been as as spectacular as as the team needs him to be, so. I think he's still a work in progress. I think that, uh, you know, he's starting to find some uh, real comfort with Parise right now, some, some pretty good chemistry. But uh, I, I just believe that uh, he's a guy that's still learning about uh, how he needs to play in the, in the National Hockey League. And, and I never want to take it. And I love Matt Barzell. I mean, anybody who listens to me on the broadcast knows that, he, you know, he's one of my favorite people, and I love what the things he does. and. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that he does, I, I could never do, and I, I was pretty good on my feet, but he, he, he's, he's an amazing individual. But I, I, I believe that uh, he still has uh, room to grow, mm-hmm. and, and, and I hope he continues to grow because I, I think uh, without a 100-point guy uh, on the Islanders team, I, I don't know if you can win a Stanley Cup. And again, you look around the league, and you talk about all the, uh, the teams that are being in the playoffs, and you, you look at the Rangers, and you and you look at Pittsburgh, and you look at Florida, and you look at Tampa, yeah. and you look at the points that all their guys, their big big guns, uh, are putting up, and and the Islanders are behind in that in that category, and they, so to me, they've, they've got to get better. Butch, no doubt about it. And listen, we can't thank you enough yeah. for coming down and spending all this time with us. We really appreciate it. Absolutely amazing stuff. Uh, thank you so much. And once again, very sorry for your loss. Yeah, thank Mike you. Boss. I appreciate it. Well, not just my losses, my teammates, and certainly all Islander fans and the hockey world. Uh, Mike was a, was a wonderful guy, and, and, well, he was a legend. Absolutely. All right, folks, we're going to take another break here. Thank you so much for tuning in live at twitch.tv slash hockeynightny. And, of course, later on on your favorite podcast providers, the legend, the great Butch Goring. Thank you so much. We're going to take that break. And when we come back, Andrew Gross from Newsday will be joining us. You have a lot of choices when it comes to great beer. And Oyster Bay Brewing Company provides the best Long Island has to offer. Oyster Bay Brewing Company is dedicated to producing the highest quality beer while staying true to their nautical history on the Gold Coast of Long Island. They're the creators of the renowned Barn Rocker Session Ale, available at 12 locations in the Islanders' brand new home, UBS Arena. And because Oyster Bay has increased distribution across the country, you can grab your Barn Rocker from Carolina to California if you're following the team on the road. Here at home, the tap room on 36 Audrey Avenue is open seven days a week, with indoor and outdoor seating so you can experience their smooth honey ale, savory IPA, or gluten-free hard seltzers right in historic Oyster Bay. You can also shop online at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or have your order shipped anywhere in New York. And if you use coupon code HNINY at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery. Did you have a nice break? Well, it's time to get back on the couch for more Islanders Therapy with Shawnee and C. Arnold on Hockey Night in New York. 
Welcome back to Hockey Night in New York, a special early morning edition live from Blue Line Deli and Bagel out here in Huntington, Long Island. And of course, it's everyone's favorite time of the show that's on the line, brought to you by our great, 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 great friends over at Thai <laughs> Technology. And with us on the line is the great, great, great Newsday <laughs> Islanders beat writer, Andrew Gross, all the way from Montreal. Andrew, what's going on, man? Hey, morning, Sean, Christian. How's everyone? I hope you guys have uh, had a bagel for this morning. <laughs> well, Shawnee did. Shawnee got here bright and early. He got some breakfast in him. Uh, Somebody has to set the show up, you know. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> you know, the star shows shows up fashionably late oh, or boy, close to me on time. So you know, I, I had things to do. But uh, Andrew, we really do appreciate you coming on and joining us this morning. Um, a lot to talk about when it comes to the New York Islanders, and you know, very interesting week of hockey for for the Blue and Orange. A two one two one week this week with a, a nice win over the Montreal Canadiens, and uh, you know, a fun win over the Pittsburgh. Penguins earlier in the week, Andrew. When when you look at kind of the the collective week that the Islanders have, what would you make of it? Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's really tough to to, to get a gauge. I mean, uh, obviously, it, you know, they're mathematically still alive in it. Um, you know, the three nothing win here in Montreal last night—that was nothing more than Ilya Sorokin. You know, just really standing on his head for most of the game and uh, a, a little bit of, you know, obviously actually a lot of emotional uh, motivation, especially in the third period. They go into the last 20 0-0 knowing they can get a, a win on the road. It was a really emotional night in Montreal on a couple of fronts. I mean, it, it was just so fitting that the Islanders were in Montreal uh, the day that Mike Bossy's death uh, was announced because he meant so much not only to Long Island but but to the Montreal community and it was a really touching you know emotional moment before the game they did a moment of silence uh, a, a tribute to him and then also to have Carey Price's return on top of that uh, it, it was just a really charged atmosphere at Bell Center for two teams that are not going to make the playoffs and the Islanders found the resolve in the last 20 minutes backed by Sorokin to get that win. Um, but you know what? Barry Trotz was talking about the game, about just how tired his team really is at this point. He says it feels like they've been playing five games a week now for like two months. And uh, if, if you look at the at the schedule, he's, he's almost correct on that. Um the, the, the loss in Pittsburgh, 6-3, I, I, I know there were two netters at the end, uh, so it's a little bit skewed, but that, that, that was just a team that's, you know, the legs are not going to be there for a full 60 minutes and against a team with, uh, you know, Crosby and Latang and uh, that, that that's going to be an issue. It's going to be very interesting to see, you know, they'll, they'll have a little bit of rest. They're off today. And to go into Toronto tomorrow against the playoff-bound Maple Leafs, and again, the Islanders are going to be motivated for that game. They always are, uh, regardless of what they say whenever they're playing John Tavares. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and a lot of guys, for a lot of guys, you know, going to Toronto, is, you know, that's a highlight game, just uh, getting back to the Toronto area. Uh, you know, for Canadians, just like it is playing in Montreal. So it should be a motivated game. But, but really, there's no pressure on them. So it's kind of hard to gauge losses. And and we'll see, you know, whatever the, uh, if the Caps win in Montreal tonight and gain the two points, then the Islanders, you know, they 
lose a point in in Toronto, that would be a playoff elimination for him. Andrew, I want to ask you about the week that Zach Parisi has had. It's certainly been uh, certainly one to remember from very active goal scoring wise. He's always been an active player when he's on the ice and. Um, you know, when you look back at the season, it, it's kind of a tale of two Zach Parisi's. And that, of course, the first half, he was somewhat, when it came to scoring, he just wasn't able to find the back of the net. And then when it came in the second half of the year, he seems a lot more comfortable. And I, I mean, you're, if there's anyone that's, that's, you know, able to speak with a lot of authority when it comes to Zach Breezy. You're certainly the guy having covered him in New Jersey and, um, you know, been around him a bit. What what do you make of the, you know, this season for Parisi and, and kind of what that means going forward for him too and what the Islanders can kind of expect out of him? Um, yeah, it's funny. I actually, the first time I talked to Zach was uh, during the, uh, the, what was it, the 0405 lockout. The 05 AHL All Star Game, wow. which Zach Parisi played in, and uh, I remember the dressing room with him and, and chatting. You know, I know you know he he always has time to talk about his dad, but uh, you know we were talking about JP and you know what he was hoping for out of his own career. And this was back in 05. I think that was January or February of 05. So yeah, I've known Zach a long time, and. You know, I, I, I caught up with him uh, on the, 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 the previous road trip. Uh, I think it was a practice in Carolina. Um, and, I, and I had a chance to speak to him one-on-one. And we, we got into a good chat about his early season struggles. And, and really a lot of it was you get bought out by Minnesota. And I, I don't care who you are, that stings. Uh, to be told by a team that you were no longer wanted. Uh, on that kind of deal, that you were no longer the player that you think you are. And, and, you know, last season was really rough for Zach because not only, you know, were the rumors out there that the Wild might move on from his contract, but he was being healthy scratched, you know, in a, in about a third of the game, it looks like. And, you know, the, the, the first part of his tenure here with the Islanders, even if he tried not to, a lot of it was trying to prove the naysayers incorrect. And, and he said, in a way, it, it sort of did get into his head a little bit. Um, and, and once he was able to flush that from his mind and just kind of get back to, you know, just playing with a little more freedom in his game, uh, you, you see the results. It's four goals in three games. He's got 15 goals uh, since the count turned, I think. And, uh, you know, if, if he can play at this level, he's going to be a really a, a really productive, good player for this team next season. They already have him signed up. Um, he's not he's not a top six forward anymore, but in the role he's in, and, and you know, he plays both on the power play and on the penalty kill, uh, you know, as does Jean-Gabriel Pajot. He's a, he's a real valuable tool at this point, especially if he, you know, if, if he can chip in 15 to 20 goals next season, that, that would be more than the Islanders could ask, really. Yeah, Andrew, I think it hit some great notes there. Just talking about the adjustment, maybe dealing with the the, the humbling of the buyout, mm-hmm. and and of course adjusting to a new team here. So yeah, I think you're onto something. That maybe this is a guy who, through a, a full season of, of Zach Parise being comfort comfortable with the team, maybe you get 20, 20 or so goals from him, which would obviously be a big boon for this team. And and I guess you have to extend the same question over a guy like Kyle Palmieri, who for whatever reason 
has um, been a little up and down during the regular season with this team. Obviously, he was this year. Uh, kind of mirrored Zach Parisi, wait until the second half. Is, is he a guy who can also, you know, perhaps come out of the gate at the start of the year next year and, and, and maybe pump in a few more goals as well? <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I, I sort of think the Islanders are going to wind up relying on that, you know, right. depending on, well, you know, can they add a, a, a top six wing? in the off season, what kind of moves are going to be made, but you have to, you have to, they're, they're going to be relying on Kyle Palmieri to be a more consistent player. And they, you know, they relied upon it this season and, uh, you know, not to throw everything on Kyle because it's certainly not Kyle, all Kyle's fault, but you know, uh, the, the, the lack of production early in the season from guys like Kyle Palmieri and Zach Parisi, and, and Josh Bailey, you know, in terms of goal scoring, it, it really hamstrung this team. And you know, we can we can go over the litany of what this team was was struggling, you know, through the, the turn of the uh, calendar. Uh, and, you know, all the COVID stuff, the wacky schedule, yeah. all that type. Of stuff. But, but you know, no one cares about that in terms of the standings. And it, look, it, Kyle Palmieri had to produce more. Oh, they, they all had all the top six forwards had to produce more. And, and if it starts that way again next season, you're going to see the same thing where the Islanders are going to wind up missing the playoffs. That said, you know, you certainly think what you've seen out of, you know, Kyle and Zach and, and, and to an extent, Josh, in, in terms of the way maybe he's been a little more emphatic and looking for a shot uh, from time to time. Uh, you know, if all those guys are back next season and you're relying on them, yeah, there's, you know, there's some signs that they could start a little bit better. You know, uh, to, to be honest, you know, what would really help Kyle Palmieri is if, if the net was increased by just six inches, <laughs> you know, he, he, might, he might be a 50 goal scorer because he's hit more posts. And, and he's had more near misses than I think anyone in the NHL this season. Yeah, he also has to make sure his line mates are on side and they stay away from the goal. Because <laughs> I think he ha- he might yeah. have the record for most disallowed goals this season. But, yeah, uh, well, two, two, two in one game is something I hadn't seen before. So <laughs> Yes, that was a rarity. We're talking to Andrew Gross and Newsday on the line, brought to you by Thai Technology here on Hockey Night in New York. And, Andrew, I want to pivot to another question. We actually asked the great Mike Carver before you came on here before. We talked about the defense. We talked about the aging veterans. Zidane Ochara, Andy Green, are they... Are they coming back next next year? And if they do, is that is that a failure on Islanders' management part to to get younger and get a a stronger defense that obviously struggled, especially in the first half of this season with those guys uh, kind of showing their age out there? Well, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm at this point about ninety eight percent sure that this is it for Andy Green. Mm. Um, so I no, I, I don't see Andy Green playing next season at this point. Um, and, and as far as Z. You know, he doesn't really let you into that six foot nine bubble uh, that he has. Um, but my my sense about Z is he will play as long as someone offers him a contract. I mean, all, all you hear about him is his absolute passion and love for playing this sport. And I think if he finds a team that will. You know, and, and not in a seventh defenseman role. I, I don't. He wasn't interested in that in Boston. He wasn't interested that in that in in Washington. I don't think he'll be interested in that 
with the Islanders. I think he wants to be in the top six and he wants to go to a situation where he's reasonably sure that, you know, he can stay in the top six. I, I, I'm not, I, I'm not seeing it with the Islanders uh, for next season. And, and I do, they, they, they do need to get younger. Um, I think, I, I think if the Islanders would want to bring Z back, it, it might, in, in more of a that like kind of depth role, right? And, and I'm not sure that Z is you know agreeable to that. I I give you a different scenario if if Z cannot find a team that's willing to play him in the top six, mm-hmm. it would not shock me. And again, this is depending on his you know, what his wife and children want to do and where they want to settle once his playing career is over. Look, I could see Z adding something to any coaching staff. I, I, I would I would hire that guy in a second to be an assistant coach. I really would. I, I think, you know, in, in sort of the same way that Johnny Boychuk was with the Islanders, those are, you know, and I know – you know, when fans watch the games, all they see is, you know, the on-the-ice stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, look, let's face it, Dano has been much better, you know, I would say from December on. But the facts are he's still, you know, not the fleetest of skate out on the ice. And sometimes players get around him, even though he's got the widest wingspan in the league. Um, so you, you tend to focus on the fact that he's 45 and can be kind of stationary at times, right. but if you break down his play, uh, you know, January, February, March into April, he, he's been much more of a, a contributor defensively uh, than he was at the start of the year. Um, but off the ice, I, I, I can't even begin to describe how much his teammates absolutely revere him. And, 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 and it's Barry Trotz, too. Uh, it seems now like every interview, no matter what question you ask Barry, it winds itself back into a tribute to Zidano and, and the character he is and the work ethic and how much his teammates revere and adore this guy. And, uh, you know, it, it may sound cliched, but there really is something to it. And Johnny Boychuk was exactly the same kind of guy. And uh, either one of them would make fantastic assistant coaches for any NHL team. Again, it's just whether they want to to go down that grind. They've certainly made enough money in their career uh, that they don't have to, you know, sort of start at the bottom again. But, you know, if if you're telling me Z is back with the Islanders next season, I'm telling you that it's probably more in a coach's role than in, in a player's role. Yeah, Andrew, you, you're really teeing this up with, uh, for me with all that great analysis there because, I mean, you look at how Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz have valued veteran presence and, you know, locker room guys. You look at Leo Komarov, who some fans might have said overstayed his welcome. You look at guy, bringing guys back like Kyle Clutterbuck and Matt Martin. I mean, would it really yeah. surprise you if Zdeno Char is brought back in some capacity, maybe even if he's willing to accept a, a seventh defenseman role, because you know you look at all that value that they put on that leadership, and maybe that's a guy they still want to have in the locker room. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. I mean, uh, you're you're right. I mean, the uh, Lou and Barry see great value to guys like that because uh, their 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 talent is team construction, right? 
And it's not always about getting the $7 million, you know, top six forward elite defenseman. You, you need all that, sorts of role players. <laughs> and uh, they, they see values value in those role players. And, you know, I, I know Islander fans are not necessarily wanting to hear that because they're like, what value is there? The team's missing the playoffs this season. But... You know, th- this season, if you if you really think about it, this season could have gone off the rails in a way worse way than, than it actually is. I mean, I, you know, I know the Islanders were never in the middle of a playoff run, but they could have been eliminated way earlier than they were, especially after going 0-8-3. And, and, and I, you know, again, I think it's a little bit cliched, but there is some value in sort of the resiliency that the team shows from time to time. And, and look, there's some games where they just can't compete because their legs are exhausted because of the schedule or because they're, they're going up against faster teams that move the puck. And the this is an Islanders roster that does need improvements to play at that level. Andrew, uh, we're talking with Andrew Gross, by the way, Newsday's New York Islanders beat writer here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Tide Technology. Andrew, you're being way too pragmatic, and I just will not stand for it. I want superstars. I want craziness. I will not have any of this pragmatism, or if the word that I just made up, apparently, because I don't think that's how it's said. So I will not have any of this this calm, thought-out thinking here. We, we need we need chaos, Andrew. I don't I don't like this at all. Oh, but chaos, like, you mean, like, trading for a superstar who never plays? Yes. That kind of Yes, that kind of chaos. That's <laughs> yeah. the chaos I thrive for. Uh, Andrew, <laughs> Andrew, uh, when it comes to the rest of the season, obviously we're, what, two weeks away now from, from the final game of the year for the Islanders, something like that. 29th is the last game. Yeah, so, you know, we're a couple weeks out from the final game of the, uh, final game of the regular season for the Islanders. When you, when you look at the next two weeks or so, what do you, what are you trying to see uh, from the Islanders as a team, and is there anyone in particular individually that you're really keeping an eye on because this is going to be their moment or this is going to have a real impact next season when training camp opens and Lou and Barry are trying to make some some tough decisions? Well, I, at one, and I touched upon it today in Newsday after uh, Matt Barzell and uh, Barry Trotz spoke eloquently about it after the game, but look, if, if Ilya Sorokin starts... I don't know, say another, well, how many games are left? My math is bad. This is going into game 75, so that's 5-2. Was there seven games remaining, I think? Um, say eight, Ilya eight. starts, four, uh, there are a couple of back-to-back. Say Ilya can get four more starts in and throw a couple of more shutouts and really get his numbers uh, pretty gaudy. I, I'm interested to see if, you know, the campaign for Ilya Sorokin as the Vesna candidate gets any traction, you know, um, because, look, Matt Barzell was absolutely correct. He's in the top five in shutouts, goals against, and save percentage. Now, look, the, the Islanders aren't going to make the playoffs, and that probably torpedoes, you know, any chance for Sorokin anyway, but he should be in the conversations. So I'm curious about that. Um I'm curious to see how the Islanders deploy Oliver Wallstrom and Oliver Bellows down the stretch and whether the Islanders can make a determination as to how big a part of the future one or both of them are. 
uh, for next season and beyond. Because I sort of really think it is on the fence at this point. I know Barry Trotz preaches patience uh, with the young players, and, and there's certainly value to that. But at the same time, you know, uh, are, are the Islanders, are, are other teams going to ask for Oliver Wallstrom or Kiefer Bellows in any potential trades? And, and are the Islanders going to be willing to include them? And I think those are determinations that need to be made uh, down the stretch. And, you know, uh, beyond that, and, and I think, you know, it, just getting back to Zdeno and Andy Green for a second, um, you know, if these are the last two weeks of these guys' careers, um, both should really be celebrated uh, these these final two weeks, rather than you know poking holes in the in the flaws of their game uh, at this stage in their careers. They they should really be celebrated for the careers they've had, and and I really think that's why Barry Trotz has certainly kept Andy Green in the lineup on a game by game basis at this point. Because I, I, I think everyone understands that Andy's probably going to walk away as a playing member of the Islanders after this season. And at this point in his life, the only two teams Andy's going to play for are the Islanders and the Devils. And I, I don't necessarily see him fitting in for either next season, uh, given where the franchises are. Um, so I, I just don't think Barry wanted to embarrass Andy at all by making him a healthy scratch. Uh, you know, the last couple of weeks of, of what has been just, you know, it's not going to be a Hall of Fame career, but Andy Green has gone to heights that I don't think anyone expected when he came out of Miami of Ohio in, in terms of being an undrafted free agent. He, he was the captain of the Devils. He went to a Stanley Cup final with them. He, he's played over a thousand games in this league and, and he's he's played power plays, played penalty kill, and, and he was a really, really solid smart player for many many seasons and i just think you know let him have these last couple of weeks to to enjoy his career here and and, and yeah no go ahead go ahead i didn't know you were, you were it, finished and and if this is the last we see is zidane chara as, as a player I, I i think you appreciate you have to appreciate the fact that this guy has played 1,600 plus games in this league at a physically demanding uh, position and, and has always been there for his teammates. And, and just, you know, yeah, he's not the player he was 10 seasons ago, but, you know, how many of us are, you know, in the, unless you're, you know, 12 and you're looking back at when you were two, you're, you're always going to be worse 10 years down the road than you were. <laughs> <laughs> Suppose that's true, Andrew. And, and yes, I often think back when I was 12 three days ago. I often think back to when I was two. And uh, yeah. Yeah. But, but, Andrew, you, you did make a great point about these guys being well-respected veterans. And and I think something that you know fans don't always look at and, and, and you know, appreciating these guys and not embarrassing them at, at the end of a year where you, you keep them in the lineup to kind of let them – I suppose, bow out in their careers gracefully. And, and, and while that may not be what the fans want to see, they want to see as many young guys in the lineup as possible at this juncture just to see what they got. But, you know, is it really is it really such a bad thing to let, you know, guys like Andy Green and, and Zidane Ochara kind of ride out into the sunset, if you will, you know, and, 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 kind, of, and kind of a showing by the organization that, you know, they have that respect for these players and, and uh, you know, they're doing right by them. Yeah, no, I, I don't see anything wrong, especially since, you know, Bridgeport, 
Uh, I haven't checked the AHL standings, but they were still playing meaningful games. So if you're going to deploy Robin Sallow someplace, probably better to keep him at Bridgeport sure. and uh, try and, you know, because if Bridgeport can get into the AHL playoffs, uh, that's valuable time for those younger players in terms of learning a playoff scenario. I know it's not the NHL, but the AHL is a damn fine league and, and playing playoff games in the AHL will benefit those players down the road. So I, I, I would rather see Robin Sallow in uh, Bridgeport's lineup on a daily basis than getting a cameo here or there with the Islanders in, in essentially, you know, meaningless games at this point. For sure, Andrew. And speaking of young players, last week we were talking about the development of guys like Atu Ratu and William Dufour uh, over in the <laughs> QMJHL. That's a tough Willem one. Willem Dufour? Yes, Willem Dufour, as Christian <laughs> affectionately calls him. But have you heard anything on your end about trying to get Ratu over to North America, maybe to squeeze him in somewhere before the, the AHL and NHL seasons are over? We, we saw something going on out on Twitter um, a couple of days ago from uh, TLO Mitch from Eyes on Isle saying that uh, you know they were trying to get him over, they were working on his visa or something like that. Have you heard anything in your camp over at Newsday? Uh, I, I don't want to BS you. No, I haven't heard anything okay. specific on that, but it, it wouldn't... It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, there there would be a benefit to it for sure. Um, you know, although Barry, yeah, I think things change once the Islanders become officially eliminated. Uh, you know, and uh, when whenever that is, uh, then then I then I would look for something like that. Talking with Andrew Gross here, the Islanders beat writer for Newsday uh, here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. And Andrew, uh, as always, we always appreciate when you come on and uh, you always give us great insight but i have to ask you since we're sitting here at blue line deli right <laughs> now we where we are uh and and obviously you're going to get the campaign started for uh sorokin for vesna because you're going to use the power of the press and just write about it every day news that i can <laughs> sense it right now uh that it's coming every day sorokin should be a vesna candidate and here's why column can see it every day in the paper i'll pick it up and read it um <laughs> One thing that we campaigned very hard for, for you, I mean, I campaigned, I want to yes. take all the credit for this, uh, was the fact that we wanted to get you a blue line, I wanted to get you a blue line deli sandwich, and I heard that was in the works, and since we're sitting here, and I'm still waiting to have the gross sandwich, what is the latest you can tell us about your sandwich here at Blue Line Deli? Yeah, well, first of all, is Donnie listening? Oh, he's, he's listening. Here. He's oh. standing right over, right oh, over. Oh, yeah, his ears shoulder. are perked up. Uh, yes. Hey, Donnie, how are you? <laughs> Uh, no, no, we're we're deeply involved in uh, you know deep into negotiations. I think there are just a few trademark uh, issues to get past. <laughs> and, uh, no, I, I'm 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 hoping at some point uh, you know uh, maybe this summer we can unveil that, and uh, I'm hoping it's going to be a a sloppy sloppy Joe where the meat just shoots out and like just sprays you as you try and eat it. <laughs> Well, I'm looking forward to that. Was something I campaigned for a lot when it came to well, let, the Blue Line let, Deli let sandwich. Here. One of the times I walked into, I think it was, uh, I was doing something with the New York Riptide. They had a, a press stop at, uh, at at Blue Line, and I walk in, and Donnie stops me, and he goes, "Boy, you got a real fan in Christian here." <laughs> 
Well, listen, I, you do have a big fan, and I, I cannot wait to read all of your columns supporting Ilya Sorokin for Vesna because he is the greatest goaltender in the world, as someone once told me famously here in Blue Line Delhi. Uh, Andrew Gross, we really appreciate you coming on. Hopefully you're enjoying your stopover in Montreal, and I'm sure Islander fans would love for me to tell you that you need to pass a, a personalized hello to John Tavares when you see him <laughs> tomorrow, or Sunday, I should say. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew Gross from Newsday, because <laughs> he didn't bite at my joke. I mean, I, I hope you no. say hello. I mean, yeah. You know what? The, the, the thing about JT is no matter what you hit him with, yeah. he'll have the same response. I mean, yeah. he's, he would just be, oh, that's nice. Okay, thank you. You know? <laughs> Certainly uh, true. Did you see that viral video? Um, I think the New York Post had it up on its website. Of two Maple Leaf fans, like oh yes, I did see that video. I mean, Jesus, that guy landed some haymaker on this poor defenseless guy lying backwards in the stands. I was like, you know, state classy. (laughs) Yeah, Andrew Andrew Gross hitting all the notes that Islander fans want to hear right now. (laughs) Really, just. Really, just trying to suck up. I I get it. I respect it, Andrew. But yes, I did see that video. It was it was, it was wild. But of course, I think anytime well, hey, those those videos go viral, especially if they're hockey here, videos, everyone sees them. Mm. Well, here here's here's another note. Uh, you know, I'm sure Islander fans are, are want to hear just regard regarding the Maple Leafs. They're going they're going to be interesting to watch in the playoffs to see if teams can still win playoff games like seven five. Mm. You know. We, we've get, we've gotten used to, you know, every playoff game seems to be 3-2 or, you know, 2-1 into triple overtime. And, and it's always tight and the goaltending is always great, right? Yeah. I, I The Maple Leafs are going to shake it up this year because <laughs> they can score a lot and, boy, can they give up goals. So... <laughs> That's uh, that's never a great combination, but it sounds like Andrew, they're your uh, Stanley Cup favorite, which I, I respect. <laughs> Jeez. No, 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 no. <laughs> Although to to be fair, I am going with the Canadian team for the wow. first time since uh, I think Christian was two years old. You <laughs> who know, who uh, you got, Andrew? I, I I really I've I've been a big fan of what Daryl Sutter and the Calgary mm, Flames yeah. have done all season, and I you know I know everyone's going to pick the Colorado Avalanche, mm. but. I, I, I really, you know, I'm probably putting the malarkey on them and they're going to get <laughs> the first round. But uh, I, I really like the Calgary Flames. I like their balance. I like their scoring. I like their defense. And, and I think they'll physically beat up teams in the in the playoffs as well. Andrew, I like the pick. And as always, always a great time. Always yes. a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us early here for a morning edition of Hockey Night in New York, Andrew. Anytime and uh, yep, enjoy the day, Donnie. All the best to you and the family, and uh, hope to see everyone soon. And we'll we'll try to work on that gross sandwich for you. All yes, right? we're gonna we're gonna put on. The, by the way, Andrew, before we do let you go, I just want to give you a little heads up. Pass this along to Neil Best. We got the exclusive here on Hockey Night in New York. Butch Goring sounds like he'll be back on the broadcast Tuesday. So when that's in tomorrow's paper, make sure Neil puts Butch Goring told Hockey Night in New York exclusively. <laughs> I I absolutely will, and you know how it's going to show up in Newsday tomorrow. How's that? <laughs> It'll be <laughs> exclusive to Newsday. <laughs> I don't Fantastic. like that. I don't like that. But Andrew Gross, thank you as always, man. We'll let you get back to work and uh, and have a great enjoy your trip in Canada. 
All right, guys. Uh, Sean, Christian, take care of yourselves. I'll, I'll, I'll catch up to you soon. You too, Andrew. Always a pleasure. That was the great Andrew Gross yes. of Newsday on the line, brought to you by our friends at Thai Technology. Now we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to switch up the order here. We're going to go to the Hero of the Week with a very special guest. We'll be right back. Hey, Islander fans. You already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal. And now you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, all three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar, friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, hearty breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. Ladies and gentlemen, when you hear this song, that means it's time for the Hero of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli Half Price Hero. And this week, the hero is the Hockey Night in New York, featuring grilled cheese, buffalo sauce, mozzarella cheese, avoc- grilled chicken, buffalo sauce, mozzarella cheese, and avocado. The guy made the sandwich himself. You yes, can't get true. it right. Get it half price all week. Clown. Starting tomorrow at the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Huntington location. That is Sunday through next week where we'll announce a brand new half-off hero. Stop on in. Mention Hockey Night New York for half-off the Hockey Night in New York. And joining us right now, special guest, owner and proprietor of the Blue Line Deli and Bagels, Mr. Donnie Bagels himself. Donnie, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us. How are you today, sir? I'm okay. He's okay, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, well, it's been real. it's been real. Thanks for joining us. Adios. Thank you. All right, Donnie. <laughs> so do me a favor. Just uh, scoot scoot to your right a little bit so yes. we can get you in the shot. There we go. There we go. Now everybody can see your mediocre face. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> let's get going here with the Hero of the Week. A little special edition here. Uh, Christian, we're going to start with you as we always do. Well, so did you, because I, I told you Hero of the Week, and then you had a default Hero of the Week. Did you change the picture? I did. I, you're all set. I don't believe you. You just don't remember who it was. No, no, I know it was Zach Parisi. See, no, Christian, my pick was Zach Parisi. We talked, talked about it earlier. No, it wasn't. Yes, it we, was. No, it yes, wasn't. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. It was not. Yes, I'm it gonna, was. It, it was not. See, Christian, it's once not, again, not, we talked not, about it earlier in the show, does the bare minimum, doesn't show up to set up, doesn't even pick his own hero. I have to pick it for him. You put a Donnie, I witnessed this. Yeah, no, Donnie was here. Sorry. He's my witness. So, I mean, wow. that just to just to tell all you guys in the chat there, I mean, this is, the kind of, technology this, is, gear again. this is the kind of effort that Christian Arnold puts into the show on a week-to-week basis. So not now you understand what's going on here. My pick was... Because I asked you, I and said, I, I walked told in, you. You told me, right, was, look, you told me look it was Sorokin, and look I said sc- yes, and I said no. I think I'm going to go with Zach Parise. You never said yes. That. I did. That's a lie. Yes, I did. So you're I going with Ilya Sorokin? I'm not. My, my, <laughs> my. He's, he's right there. He's right there. I'm watching on the delay. Uh, no, my my hero though was Zach Parise because <laughs> he had a hell of a week, and I literally said that to you when I want, when we started discussing this because I said, oh, who did you pick as my default? And he said, oh, I picked Ilya Sorokin. I said, all right, but I think I think I would go with Zach Parise. And you just completely ignored me. So, fine, I'll play the right. game. I Ilya changed Sorokin it. I changed had a tremendous week. No, no, my hero of the week is now Ilya Sorokin. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I don't know what you're talking about anymore. But, uh-huh. yes, both players, have, if I could pick both, they both had tremendous weeks. Zach Parisi obviously having a number of goals. He's finally producing points at, uh, at a pace that I think everyone kind of expected him, expected him to a bit more. Um, and Ilya Sorokin, I mean, there's, nothing, there's not a bad thing you could say about Ilya Sorokin over the last week. Over the last entire, basically the entire season, I have to give credit where credit is due to an extent. Uh, to Donnie, who, who's been pumping the Ilya Sorokin tires from day one. Uh, now, I think, now, I think he went a little overboard when he said he's, he's the greatest goaltender in the world, which I don't agree with. But certainly, the more you see this guy play, the more you see Ilya Sorokin play, the more confidence you have that he can be one of the best goaltenders in the league and certainly i would i would say in the new york market he is the best goaltender goaltender on the ice at the moment i like it christian i like it and and also look, my real my real hero of the week zach parisi had a phenomenal week as well <laughs> well the only thing Ilya sorokin is really missing this season is is the wins and if he had the win, to- team win that totals scores in front of him right if he had the win totals and if they were playoff bound he probably would be in that vesna conversation as discussed earlier on the show so i think it's a good Kind of pick, even though you changed it and changed it back. And, and by the way, I put Sorokin's picture back up there for you. So a very, my very pick, confusing pick for Christian pick Arnold was, this week. was Zach Parisi, but you picked Ilya Sorokin for me. So Well, I picked, my I pick from both. the start, Christian, was Zach Parisi. This guy. Four goals <laughs> in the three games this week. Power play oh, goal now in I see why I was ignored. I get, I get, I see how this all Very strategic. Yeah. First game uh, ever. Well, power play goal. Like shorthanded goal Tuesday night. Like I said, four goals in three games. The guy has really turned it on. Hopefully this is a sign of things to come for a full 82 games next year. So as I had from the start, (laughs) Zach Parisi, Hero of the Week. So now, Donnie, you've been sitting there so gracefully. Let's get you involved. Now, do you enjoy the Hero of the Week uh, portion of the program? Very much. (laughs) That's good to hear. So do you have a hero that you want to share with us? I would go with Chara. Zidane Chara, please expand on that. A big goal? <laughs> he scored a goal. He did score a goal. I mean, it made it, what, it made well, it 5 to 3. He's a big three, guy, and he scored a goal. It's a big goal. Oh, I get it, because he's tall. And that's, yeah. that's very, that's, Powerful. that's why we invited you on the show tonight, today, Donnie. This afternoon, this But, morning. you know, it's funny about Char getting that goal, and it's nice that he did. He, you know, instead of having that zero throughout the season, is he hit a lot of posts this year. He actually had a lot of chances to get a goal throughout the season. And funny enough, this one goes in off the post, went off the bar, and went in. Tell us what you I think like of that. It. He likes it. He likes like it. it. <laughs> Can we get a little more? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ilya Sorokin would be my pick, honestly. Okay. I, I do believe that he is going to be one of the best go. goalies in the league. We, we agree with you here. So, so how's things going here at Blue Line Deli and Bagels? Going really well. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Business is good. Business is good. So... You know, you were busting my chops earlier about the, the <laughs> sandwich for the hero of the week, and mm-hmm. you were talking about one that you named after Butchie, the uh, toy department. It would have made sense if you had the toy department today. Well, it would have made sense if you had provided me some photos for the show and, you know, a description. Oh. I don't even know what's in it, but this is your opportunity I mean, to, to make it right. right. I can't see it. That's it's far very away. small font. I can't read it. Donnie, I'm about to turn 40. you gotta, you got to give me a break here. So, <laughs> so, look, I mean, why don't you tell us I'm a little bit about – why, why don't you tell us a little bit about – the, the toy department sandwich that you named. Well, it's court. a chicken cutlet hero, as you can see right on the board there. And uh, it's got melted cheese on it, lettuce. It's, I like my it's cheese a good hero, but it should have been the half-price hero of the week since you had the guy who created the toy department here. Donnie, if I was aware of it, that's where we would have went. Yeah. But instead, Wait, so what we decided to plug department? ourselves. Chicken cutlet, yeah. lettuce, tomato, yep. ham. Ham. On a chicken cutlet? And cheese. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. 
Well, it's similar to a chicken cordon bleu. You know what that is. Now, Donnie, I believe <laughs> the last time we had you on the show, which, is, which was about two or three centuries ago, we asked you what wow. your favorite sandwich was. D- has that changed? Do you have a favorite sandwich on the menu? Mm, the white whale is probably oh. uh, got to be it. I yeah. thought, honestly, the I onion rings, uh, it's just it's yeah. an amazing sandwich. The gravy. That's really good. Okay. Yeah. Now, I saw you talking to Mike Carver after he, he left the show before. Did you guys have a discussion about that? Did he give you the business about not giving him proper credit for essentially indirectly naming that sandwich for you? I did give him the credit. You from did? the very beginning. Oh, you did? And I okay. happened to make him one Likely to take home with him to try. <laughs> that's great. All right, very good. So Mike's going to get And he was very happy about it. Okay, that's, that's good to hear. So, all right, Donnie. You're a big fan of this team. We all know that. You literally started a business based on the blue and orange, and it's a fantastic job that you're doing here. Everybody loves blue line deli and bagels. We're, we're absolutely thrilled to be here today. Yes. So, Thank look, you. disappointing season for the New York Islanders. We've yeah. been talking about that, unfortunately, for a couple of months now because that's the way things have been going. But to get your perspective, a fan's perspective of this team, I mean, what do you think? I asked, I asked Butch Goring about it before. Do you think they need to do a lot to get back into the playoff mix next year or maybe just tinker a little bit? What do you want to see Lou Lamarillo do this summer that will satisfy you as a fan of this team? A guy who could score. Yeah. Maybe shore up the defense a little bit. Yeah. And other than that, I think we're close. I think that they're, they're very close. I think that if we didn't have a very rocky start and uh, – the whole building thing, the COVID stuff, I just think that, I mean, we're seeing now what they could be. And when guys like Parisi and Palmieri and they start being who we thought they were going to be, we could be in any game. There's not a team that I'm afraid of when they're playing their game. What about the lightning? Are you afraid of the lightning? <laughs> Those damn lightning? Nice. No. I'm not. Donnie, yeah, you know and what? I now, get I'm, glad the that, I'm glad that Christian brought that up. So let's talk a little bit about your your uh, foray into acting <laughs> for the Blue Line Deli and Bagels commercial, which you and, and Mrs. Bagels did did a phenomenal <laughs> job here at the Blue Line Deli and Bagels. My wife Tell us was great. a little bit about that experience. Did you have a good time? And um, were you happy with the end product? I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> I still keep watching it. I absolutely loved it. I kind of want to do a part two. Wow, part two. I think we should. Love it. I love that idea. That's a great. I'm all for it. hundred percent. That's what summertime's 100%. for. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Christian, do you have a question for Donnie Bates? I did, and then I, uh, <laughs> I totally lost my train. All of right, thought. so Donnie, <laughs> we were talking about the the campaign that has oh, been no, just no, long overdue oh, here. Right, long overdue. Christian has been plane traffic. really waving the flag for this here. Oh yeah, the sandwich. The Andrew Grosswich. Or a gross sandwich, whatever you plan on a calling gross it. Sandwich. A gross sandwich. A gross sandwich, which I believe is a phenomenal name. It's in the works. For a sandwich. It's mm-hmm. in, yeah, we've been I've hearing that for Andrew. a long time. Yeah. What's holding it up here? I mean, you have customers <laughs> that are waiting for the Andrew Gross sandwich. What's yeah. going on here? Andrew himself. You know waiting. how many times after, after I, we get off the show with him, he's like, what's going on with Donnie? I thought you guys had an in with him. What's the story with my sandwich? Actually, I got a text from him just now. He just says, can you please pass along my serious concerns about the lack of my sandwich? Okay. <laughs> the egg gross sandwich will be done very soon. And what are the ingredients going to be? Can you give us a preview or is that a surprise? It's a sloppy joe. Sloppy joe. It's going to be How a sloppy joe. Our, but done blue line style. A little twist. A little blue line twist. twist. That's right. You're going to save that until the announcement in 2026? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> right. Very good. I mean, that's hilarious. Listen, Donnie, I don't mean to put you on the spot. I kind of do. But I mean, look, it's been a long time wow. coming here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, we've been waiting for this for a very long time. 
It's on the way. Okay, it's on yeah. the way. Well, I mean, think, well, it, it's, it's interesting. You think about who got sandwiches right out of the gate. Looking back. That's you, right. Yeah. A couple of ungrateful guys <laughs> sitting here. <laughs> Hockey night in New York was the first. a beautifully made sandwich for No, them. I was, I was going to compliment him. I mean, he got the, kept I mean, the best sandwiches out of the way. Now, Donnie, that's obviously the best seller here at the deli, right? It is, actually. Butchie has a sandwich. Brendan has a sandwich. Compton has a sandwich. People we have love a sandwich. that there's avocado on it. They do. Well, that's that was your point. little blue line twist to the sandwich. It was. I take full credit. Well done, sir. Well, you know yeah. what you're doing here. You know, it believe it Thank or not, to, to the disbelief of many. Thank you. <laughs> you know what you're doing here at Blue Line Deli and Bagels. We're having fun here mm-hmm. for the hero of the week. <laughs> Brought to you by <laughs> Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Got Donnie Rosner, owner and proprietor of Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Now, buddy, you also, you've expanded recently. Yes. East Islip, UBS Arena. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah. With the microphone up to your mouth. <laughs> the UBS arena thing was amazing. It's still surreal. Walking in there, going up the escalator, and the logo I created is right there on the wall. And um, I owe it to everybody that supported us, really, because they're the ones that made us what we are. And um, it still amazes me and confuses me how we got here. It's just it all happened so fast with COVID and everything. It was very scary for a long time. And uh, Isles Nation kind of... Did it for us. So. Yeah, and folks, a uh, great location out there in East Islip. That's what, 217? Carlton Avenue. Carlton Avenue. Yep. Look at me remembering stuff. How about that? Weird. 40-year-old brain. It's happening. <laughs> Weird. It's all happening. But which Islip is it in? East. The East one. Yes. Don't go to the wrong Islip. Yes, as we did uh, upon our first business. But, but it'll also be a deli. So it was so strange. Confused. Yeah, we ended up in Central Islip, and it was also <laughs> a deli, but it was not Blue Line Deli. Yeah. So obviously their food you was terrible. You were in the wrong place. Yes. Well, we didn't get any food. No, no. no. We, we saw it, and we just, totally we just kept moving. Yeah. Yeah. But so you get into UBS Arena. <laughs> I mean, dream come true. You, you literally have your place of business, your branding, your logo, as you discussed. Not only in the building, prime placement. Uh, folks, if you haven't been to UBS already, or if you have, you walk into that main entrance, you go up that escalator, and front and center, mm-hmm. right in the right in the front, you go into that little alcove there, and there's Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Pretty That's surreal, it. huh? Yeah, so we were actually one of the first places to uh, hook up with the Islanders when they were building the arena. So I jokingly said when they asked me, you know, do you have priority, like a uh, do you know where you want to be? I was like, yeah, I want to be the first thing you see when we walk in. And um, nice. it was a joke, but, you know, they kind of gave me that, which was That's awesome. not really a joke well, anymore. Well, who's not, <laughs> not going to bend to the will of Donnie Bagels? It does have a Donnie lot of Bagels pull. gets what a he wants. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got Butch Goring down here, for crying out loud, which we which very much very appreciate, cool. yeah. Donnie. And well done. I can't even thank Butch enough. He's been a friend to us for quite a while now, and uh, – Pretty cool that he came down for us. And what a phenomenal spot that he gave us. Yeah. I mean, great, great interview there. Christian, do you do you have any, any questions for Donnie? I'm giving you another opportunity. <laughs> no, I think you've uh, you've asked a lot of great questions, Sean. And uh, Appreciate that. The one thing I did notice when Donnie <laughs> was talking about the team, though, he kept saying we and us. As uh, ah. I, I, I must have missed this. When when they put Blue Line Deli in the, in the arena, did they also <laughs> offer you a contract on the, on the team? Or? I mean, if they won wow. the cup, I would hope for a ring. Wow, Hopefully that is bold. Moly. Might not happen this year, but hopefully for next bold. year. Wow, Donnie wants a ring. A ring. I do want a ring. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying I deserve one. I, I okay, at least, at least you're grounded. I want one. There. A little bit. Yeah, a little, a little, little Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you want one? I, sure. I just don't think I'm on the list. I'm probably uh, not either. I yeah. think some of the <laughs> – when it comes to who gets rings, it goes, you know, the t- players, management, ownership, right. uh, Donnie – 
Hockey Night in New York. <laughs> well, I was going right. to say Donnie, and then it's a mix of all the people who have MSG commercials, and I'm not sure where we stand ah. on that list. Are we high enough on the list to get a ring or to I'm demand sure. a ring? So I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, I starred in one of them, so I'd like to think that I'd be at least considered. We you know, both I, were in one. I caught a we flying were. sandwich in my mouth. I did that for Oh, me. no. I meant, uh, I meant the, uh, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I meant the commercials <laughs> on the broadcast. Oh, no, I was talking about us. I know, no. I mean, because well, <laughs> we're actually on television. About mm. that whole catching the sandwich thing. Yeah. You know, we did 100 takes on purpose. <laughs> like, we were throwing sandwiches at you on purpose. My jaw was 100%. tired by okay. the end of the day. Yeah, yeah there sure. was a lot of takes, folks. Believe it or not, it, it didn't go perfectly on the, on the first one. <laughs> we're not going to tell you the trade secrets and how we made it happen, but mm. it was a lot of fun to shoot. That was a good day. It was a good day. Christian, you okay, bud? What's the matter? <laughs> you going to have a laugh here? It's <laughs> a problem. Oh, look at him. I caught the, the joke. Look you missed it. It's a good one. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Well, I'll, I'll let that go. I'll, you know what? When I run the broadcast back later, I'll, I'll, I think I'll, I'll, it I'll, laugh, I'll laugh at it then. You yeah, might figure, figure it out. I have a feeling I know mm-hmm. what's going on here. Yeah, I, I think I do. I think I do. Mm-hmm. So, Donnie, always a pleasure to be yeah, hanging Donnie, with you here at you. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Uh, thank you so much. You, you're doing a great job here. You customers coming in all day. Yes, and just remember who... Who really represents the show? Who represents Blue Line on the show? I just want you to mm-hmm. remember that, Donnie. That is you. Christian is Arnold, me. ever the brown noser here. I have to give him extra money to wear the bagel shirt and stuff. Yeah, I, I pay him for much. that. I figured yeah. as much. Yeah, Whoa. Christian does not do that out of the no. goodness of his heart. Yeah, that's... Uh, no, he's talking about you. Yeah, that was you, buddy. You oh. paid. Oh, he has I, degrees. You're no. to, to be a good person. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're also wearing the Blue Line shirt. Yeah, because I love For free. Right. For free. Yeah. Look, man, dude, I'm a commercial star. Which I gave the shirt for free, too. Yeah. You, you, buddy, you're the best. You're the best in the world, Donnie. I know you're busy here. We know you got to get back to what you're doing, but yeah. thank you for joining Thanks. us for the Hero of the Week. Brought to you by your Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Remember, folks, stop on in here to the Huntington Blue Line Deli location starting tomorrow. Yep. Mention Hockey Night in New York and get half off the Hockey Night in New York wrap. It's wonderful. Or don't mention it and pay full price. Wow. <laughs> I, I mean, yes, I, I you gotta can do throw that too. There, he, does, you know. he does have a family to feed, so I get that. I get that mentality as well. Well, you know, I you know. signed up for the promotion, buddy, so now you got to follow through. All right, we'll do it. All right, Donnie Rosner, owner and proprietor of Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Thank you so much. Great time here. Thank you. On Hero of the Week. You, you know what I'm curious about? Oh, please. Uh, since, uh, oh, are we letting Donnie go? I didn't know what was going on. I didn't want to say this to his face. Should I be soon. leaving? No, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I was just going to say, since he keeps saying us and we, when he, you know, I assume Donnie has a contract with the team, does that mean he gets a couple players to come down and make sandwiches in the back as well? Since, a, mm. you know. I don't know if he has that kind of pull. I don't think Blue would allow that. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> he, wouldn't, he wouldn't let any of them within a 100-mile radius. Anders Lee, well, uh, you know, Lee out with enough body injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cut, cut a little bit of his finger trying to chop some... Uh, you yeah, don't need that. Uh, uncoordinated? Don't need that. I'm just saying. Oh, all right. Just saying. All right. Well, Donnie, we're going to let you get back Thank to business you. here. Dude, Thank you. Love you guys. Thanks always a, lot. a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us. Mr. Donald Rosner of Blue Line Ooh. Deli and Bagels. And yes, folks, the train rolls on here at Hockey Night New York, coming from Blue Line Deli and Bagels in Huntington. Christian, what do you say we go to your special segment? Questions? No. No, what no. what's on wow. the yes. taps? And then we'll get to questions. What's on going. the taps? Here we go. And now, it's time for What's on Tap. Brought to you by R.J. Daniels, American Bar and Grill. Grill, grill. That's right, folks. It's time for What's on Tap. Brought to you by R.J. Daniels, American Bar and Grill. Christian, Uh-oh. it's your time to shine. What do the Islanders have coming up starting tomorrow on Easter Sunday? 
All right, I'll let you guys know because Christian's laptop. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. It uh, decided to start opening Zoom for some reason. <laughs> um, no, so uh, 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 Sunday, the Islanders. Wow. Tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow, the Islanders face the Toronto Maple Leafs for their final meeting of the year up in Toronto. And I think as Shawnee and I figured out last week, that was the game that was originally supposed to be played in February, or they swapped it with with uh, with the home game. Yeah, this, this was supposed game to originally was supposed, supposed to be, be a home, home game, correct? And then they swapped it with all the uh, issues going on and the restrictions in Canada. So the Islanders will see the Maple Leafs one final time on Sunday, the seventeenth Easter Sunday, a seven thirty matchup when John Tavares and the and the Leafs battle Anders Lee and the Islanders. That's right. What else is on top? A battle of former, <laughs> one captain and one former captain. Yeah, that's yeah. this is true. And as as said earlier in the show. Uh, maybe the Oz get up for this one because yeah. it's the Leafs. I think because they, it's they always do. They, and just J2? playing in the city. What? J2. Did I say J2? Yeah. It's, it's the morning. J2. I, I, oh. I said I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. Uh, JT. Rest of the week. Former number 91. Yeah, go on. Rest of the week. Islanders <laughs> face the Florida Panthers. Sean, is that, Shawnee, was that your pick to, to win the cup this year? Florida Panthers. So yes. That'll be a very fun game. Yes. Uh, Florida, very talented team. And 7.30 start at UBS Arena. And then, of course, a showdown with the New York Rangers on Strangers. Thursday as they also make their push towards the postseason. The uh, Rangers have already locked up their spot in yeah, the playoffs. And uh, I think they're going now for a top spot in the Metro. So uh, still, there's still a bit of a battle line. Still a bit on the line for the Rangers. The Islanders can play a bit of spoiler again, um, if that's your if that's your thing, if that's your cup of tea. Uh, Islanders will also play the Buffalo Sabers on Saturday at 12:30 up at the arena in Buffalo called Key Bank Arena. <laughs> well, I forget. I was gonna way, call way it, to string that one together. I was going to say I was going to call it <laughs> HSBC. Or, Center no. or whatever, but it hasn't been called that in ever. Now, ever. are you old enough to remember when it was called the Odd, the old mm-hmm. arena? No. Oh, before it closed. Yeah, the old yeah. Odd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, know, I remember it. Yeah, well, well revered arena. I was never there, but I heard, uh, I heard it was a very popular place. And then the Islanders close out that a very busy week. It's so been it was, a busy week for a long time. Yeah, but this is Every a very, week. very busy week, it seems like, uh, because they close out that Sunday with a 1 p.m. At matchup with the Carolina Hurricanes, also playoff bound. Yes, yes, they are. So I should uh, mention all these teams are playoff bound. Buffalo Sabers aren't playoff bound. All these teams except the Buffalo <laughs> Sabers are playoff bound. Nicely I forgot. Done. I forgot. I looked at all these teams on the on the calendar. I went, right. oh yeah, I just forgot. Much yeah, no, much job. like everything else that revolves around Buffalo, you kind of forget it exists. Damn, damn. Good thing Shots Carver left because he's a big Bills guy. Yeah, I hate that team so much. Really? Why? Why such Bills. hate for for a team? What did they do to you? They're the worst. Okay, so you hate them because they're bad. No, no, they're. I mean, they're a tremendous football team. There's a reason oh. why they've gone to like the AFC title game a couple times. I mean, mm. never going to win a Super Bowl. It's fine, but you know. <laughs> I w- and I wish Carver was here for that. That's just not. It's not as fun when I say that. It's a shame he wasn't here to to witness you um, putting down his favorite football franchise in the Buffalo yeah, Bills. They should, oh, just, well. they should just move to a real city. next time. All right, folks. Well, that was what's on tap. Brought to you by R.J. Daniels American Bar and Grill. That's right, folks. Once again, big thanks to R.J. Daniels for sponsoring that segment of the show. What's on tap? The game's coming up for the New York Islanders. So, Christian, why don't we move right into the next one, this time for real. Questions brewing? Questions brewing. All right, do it. It's time for Questions Brewing, brought to you by Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Questions Brewing, where our wonderful people here watching live in the chat pitch us some questions to ask you. Brought to you by the great Oyster Bay Brewing Company and their delicious Barn Rocker Session Ale, made in tribute to the old barn 
the Nassau Coliseum. Christian, let's hear some questions. All right, Mike, 4652Co, starting off here. Question, Bruin, how can we not say that Barry, Barry Trotz, must not like Wally Oliver Wallstrom on some level. He seems to be Barry's whipping boy, and Trotz is so selective as to who he quote unquote disciplines and he what and who he doesn't. I think it's a little much to say flat out say he doesn't like him. Maybe there's some things he's doing that he doesn't like, but I don't think he has a personal vendetta vendetta against Oliver Wallstrom. And to Barry's credit. I mean, he's addressed this in his press conferences, saying that there's things that he needs to work on. And look, I mean, it's it's going to be different for every player. Yep. And, and for whatever reason, he doesn't feel that Oliver Wallstrom is coming along as, as well as maybe he should or could. And Barry, look, he's trying to nurture these young guys. He's trying to make sure that they're coming up and they're becoming the best player that they can be. And I've said this, you know, multiple times in the show where it's, it's different for every player, where yeah. he can throw a guy out there. And, you know, there's a little more success in the early going. But, you know, with a guy like him, it seems like he needs a little more tough love. He needs to see the ice from the press box or, you know, limited minutes and whatnot. Maybe there's still, you know, he still needs to earn a little trust there from Barry Trotz. I don't think he personally doesn't like the guy. I think <laughs> there's just something he's seeing. And it might be in practice, too. Maybe maybe he's dialed out in practice. Maybe he's a guy who's not focusing as much as he should be. We don't know that because we're not there. And, you know, that's why we can only speculate. But I'm sure... You know, at least for me, I put enough trust in Barry Trotz to, to say that there's probably something he's seeing, whether it's on the ice in games or, or behind the scenes, that just isn't enough for him to trust him out there on the ice. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more with you, Sean. And you look at kind of how the season has progressed for Wallstrom, and you, and you see these moments where flashes of brilliance and there's things he does really right. well. Obviously, everyone knows his scoring ability and his ability to shoot the puck. But, yeah, I think Barry Trotz's bigger concern is his overall game. And that's the same thing. That's the same expectation he's put on Matthew Barzal and other, on other players as well um, is to get that complete game experience and the, or have that his game be as, as um, you know, impactful when he has the puck as much as he when he doesn't have the, the puck, you know. Um, that's been the biggest thing, and I think that's always Barry Trotz's sort of uh, issue when it comes to Oliver Wallstrom is that he's just not seeing that aspect, you know, his, his aspect of how he, ha- how, he, how he handles himself on the ice when he doesn't have the puck. How is he getting back in the D zone? How is, you know, is he making his, the right reads? You know, what these little things that are very important to being a complete player, especially when it comes to the Islanders and the Barry Trotz system. And look at it this way, Christian. If Oliver Wallstrom succeeds, that means Barry Trotz is succeeding. Right. So he wants him to do well as much as everybody else does. I mean, th- there's no reason for him to put the guy down to, yeah. <laughs> to, to like Barry Trotz isn't saying to himself, "Well, screw this guy," <laughs> you know, I don't want him scoring goals. Hate him, right? Because if he's scoring goals, they're winning more games, and he's looking better as the head coach. So yeah. I, I, I gotta, I gotta say, Mike, I don't, I don't think uh, there's any sort of personal thing here. He's just bringing him along the best way he thinks he has to in order to become. Uh, you know, the, the player that we all hope will be and, 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 unta- and tap that potential, you know? 100% agree. Uh, question Bruin, uh, CGS878. Who do you think will have his jersey number retired next and when? I think uh, we might have been fielded this question over the course of the season earlier, and I think it's, it's a tough one to answer. And we talked about the bar that's been set by the guys that are already up there, right? Guys that, you know, were part of the dynasty, you have, I mean, all guys that deserve to be up there. Maybe some a little later than they should have gotten up there, but you got Tanelli up there now. You got Goring up there now. And while maybe you don't have to match that level because, let's face it, it's never going to happen again, but there's got to be some sort of criteria where 
you know, somebody has to achieve certain things or, or, or earn a certain level. I mean, I know Josh Bailey's name has come up because, you know, he's going he's gonna to be up there in, in, in some of the most games played for this team. And just by playing all those games, he's going to have a lot of points. He's going to be probably, you know, top 5, 10 in points by right. the time his Islander career is over. Does he, get a, does he get a banner just because he played for the team for a long time? And, again, that's not to say that he hasn't achieved anything with this team, but he has no cups. There's really not to, uh, not a lot to write home about as far as that stuff goes. So I don't I don't know. I mean, is Pat LaFontaine in the conversation? Maybe. I mean, he would be more in the conversation. I think for so. Me than uh, right, but and but again, he didn't do anything of of note as far as Stanley Cups go. Right. I mean, nobody else has won a Stanley. I mean, I don't think anybody else from the dynasty needs to be honored in that way. And then has anybody since then been deserving? I think that's tough to say. You know, because you don't want to water down that achievement. There's a reason why Butch Goring and, and Brian Trotty and Mike Bossy are up there. And, you know, you don't want to take anything away from those guys, too. Again, you don't have to win four cups, but I think, you know, there has to be a bar, and I'm not sure that anybody's crossed that bar for this team. So I think that's a TBD. Interesting. Very interesting. So Sean hates every other Islander that has put on the jersey. Okay. Um, question brewing here from, let's see, da, 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 da. Uh, T-Boyle13, who has the best chance to make the team out of Bridgeport this fall? I think we kind of addressed this last week we as did. well. We did. Um, so we'll just, Sean, I'll just give you a chance to speak for the two of us and, and just reiterate what we said last week. Yeah, well, in fairness, uh, somebody helped us out and, and, and mentioned Balduk because we kind of neglected to mention him last time. I think he's got a shot, but... I think, uh, I th- you know, we, we mentioned uh, Holmstrom. We talked about Salo. And, you know, I think that's kind of kind of what, what you're looking at here. And, 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 again, there's not a lot to choose from. You know, and, and not for nothing, Hutton's made a little case to maybe be that seventh defenseman. Maybe maybe he takes over for Sebastian Ajo. They let him go this summer, and maybe Hutton ends up being that extra D. Wow. You know? I mean, he's 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 been pretty decent. I mean, look, <laughs> not flashy, not going to do, you know, not going to wow you every game, but... I don't think he's been that bad. So, I mean, maybe he's a guy who gets a look as a 7th D. If Salo's coming along well, maybe he has a chance to sneak into the lineup too. But, you know, again, slim pickings. But, you know, I think that's pretty much the, the realm we're looking at there. Interesting, interesting. I agree. By the way, CGS uh, throwing out the name Chico Resch is maybe a possibility for a number of retirement. Also, I'm assuming this is a much more joking manner, but Rick DiPietro. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, that's obviously a joke. Um, I don't know. You can look no, back. he he used the the crying laughing emoji in the chat. So no, that, no, that I means think it's a joke. That's my that next. Means... That's my next campaign. Ricky <laughs> Pietro have his number retired. Well, then you can throw that bar I was talking about completely out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Not no disrespect to Mister DiPietro, but obviously his career didn't go the way he wanted, the yeah. way that the uh, fans wanted because of all those injuries and whatnot. But but look I, again, I, I don't think uh, I don't think that guy has played for this team yet. And I think it's going to be a little while until we see a number, another number up in the rafters. Question Bruin Trotty 19 asking, can they trade Beauvillier and someone else for the elusive sniper they need or to dump salary to get an F, a free agent like Forsberg or Goudreau? Bo has basically taken this season off. You want to take that one or you want me to go? I want you to go. Oh, you want me to go. Yeah. Okay, I think that's it's it's on the table. I think... I think we also mentioned uh, in previous shows, too, that maybe Bo and Bailey are maybe the most eligible forwards to be traded to either be packaged for an upgrade or to shed salary. That's that more in the case of Josh Bailey. Um, look, it's possible. I mean, that's the thing. Somebody's going to have to go. Some They're going to have to make room somewhere. Excuse me. If they are going to bring in an additional forward, which obviously we're all hoping happens. Right. So. You know, you have Kiefer Bellows. Does does he have a spot 
if they bring in somebody else because he's already struggling to crack the team, you know, long term as it is. I think I think Oliver Wallstrom is definitely ahead of him on the depth chart. So I think he has a better chance to, to still crack a spot even if they do bring somebody in. But, yeah, there's going to have to be an odd man or two out. And, and I think, you know, names like Bo, names like Bailey and, and Bellows are, are kind of involved in that conversation. It's going to be extremely interesting because, you know, Bo's been with the team for a while. He's a little inconsistent. He's, he's proven to be a playoff performer. And obviously that's the most important thing. But, you know, is he a guy that who still has a little upside, who still has a little youth? Maybe he's, he's a guy who gets packaged and, you know, maybe you don't miss him as much because either you're shedding salary to bring in a guy like Forsberg or you're trading for a guy on another team who can maybe flank Barzell and, and, and help improve this team next season. Yeah, and listen, I, I think when you when you look at those two those two players in particular, or at least when it comes to Beauvillier, I, I think from the last time we answered this question around what I would say the trade deadline, we were really kind of having this conversation a sure. bit more, um, to now I would, I would agree more with Trotty in the sense of Bo has kind of, his importance, his importance, while still he's still an invaluable piece to this team, but I think I'm more open to the idea now of saying, all right, if, if you can dump salary, if you can make a trade that, that's going to impact the team, Bo has to be on the table anymore. You know, he's not his 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 role and his position on the team isn't you know isn't as as secure as I would say it was maybe a year or two ago when when you looked at Beauvillier's playing. You went, yeah, he goes through stretches and streaks, but when you look at when he plays in the playoffs, he's he's a dynamite player. All that being said, you just I think as we're learning this year, and as a team that's built for the playoffs, they have to be able to team that can win games and just get there in the first place. And that's the biggest thing right now. You need to bring in guys that can get you just to the playoffs. And then that sort of system that that Barry Trotz plays and and the the team that Lou Lamarillo is comprised of, um, you know, has a better fighting chance of, of just once they're in there, then they can really make noise and do what they do best. Yeah, and if they bring in a top six guy like a, a Forsberg or whomever it may be, I mean, that's going to help you forget about Bovillia anyway, where you yeah. don't really need his services as right. much. I mean, he's he's an important piece on the team now as constructed, but if you bring in a better guy, you know, you can kind of get over losing him. And yeah. that's no knock against Anthony Bovillier, but, I mean, he's just a guy that you, you feel more comfortable moving out if, if you do bring somebody better in. Absolutely, Shawnee. We're running on almost two hours here, so I don't. I think the rest of the questions that I saw were kind of stuff that we've talked about. So, okay, I think the questions that we tried to pick today were a little more strategic in that they haven't been talked about as much on the show. Christian, I'm with you, buddy. All Leading right. the way here on Questions Brewing. So that was Questions Brewing, brought to you by Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery. Thank you to everyone that did submit questions. It wasn't that we're ignoring them or uh, that we didn't want to answer them, but we're trying to be as strategic as possible here, especially when we're <laughs> we're about oh, to cross this two-hour two two hour mark. And um, Yeah, but thank you, everyone, as always. Absolutely. Well, I think with that, Christian, I mean, look, what a show, huh? Butch yeah. Goring, Mikey Carver, Andrew Gross, yeah. all-star cast, fantastic stuff, Blue Line Dallian Bagels. Donnie what, Rosner. Donnie Rosner. Yep. I mean, what better way to start your morning? And yeah. the Blue Line Deli and Bagels was, with such an all-star cast. So I think with that being said, pal, we can wrap this thing up. So want to send a huge, huge thanks out to Butch Goring, the legend, for joining us here in-house at Blue Line Deli and Bagels. want to thank Mikey Carver from ILC Podcast and Sports Grid for joining us. And, of course, the great Andrew Gross from Newsday and the fantastic Donald Rosner, owner and proprietor of Blue Line Deli and Bagels, all for joining us tonight. 
And of course, a huge thanks to our sponsors, RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill, located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center, the best place to catch the Isles when you can't make it to the game. Don't just go for the Isles, they have live music, comedy nights, trivia, a late night bar scene, they have it all. Once again, a huge thanks to Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located here at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. They're an official partner of the New York Islanders and the greatest deli around. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for the great selections and hockey-themed heroes. And a huge thanks to Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at thaitechnology.com for all your telecom needs. Or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service. And last but not least, a big thanks to Oyster Bay Brewing Company, located at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay. You can order their great beers and merchandise at oysterbaybrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, and now shipping to 36 states across the country. Get 15% off with coupon code H-N-I-N-Y. And, of course, a huge thanks to all of you for tuning in live at twitch.tv slash hockey night NY and your favorite podcast providers later on. If you enjoy the show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Follow Christian Arnold here at C underscore Arnold 01. Follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. Follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for Christian Arnold. My name is Sean Cuthbert. We've been Hockey Night in New York live from Blue Line Deli and Bagels in Huntington. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We'll see you next week.